Broadcasting live from sunny South Florida, this is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. Your KMA crew, the Italian scallion, Paul DeGracco, Alex Tavella, a.k.a. The Goat, and always telling it like it is, Honest Abe. I like to smoke them like the Winston Churchill. Okay, I'll start the show. <laughs> uh, good morning. Oh, there he is. I'll, I'll let you take over. Sorry about that. Good morning to all our loyal listeners, libertarians, and lovers of the leaf. I'm your host, Honest Abe DeBabna of KMA episode number 417. Thank you for joining us this Saturday morning. I'm always accompanied by my phenomenal co-hosts, the Italian scallion himself, Paul DeCrocco, and back from the dead. Oh, the goat, Alex Tavella. Good morning. Wow. Good morning. Dropped a few pounds. Dropped a few pounds. Dropped a little, a little uh, beard weight. Looked like you dropped a little beard weight yourself. Eh? Had a little shape up yesterday. Had a little shape up yesterday. Yeah, you look, you look very uh, smooth. Yeah, yeah man. How you I, I dropped some hair too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It looks good. Looks good. <laughs> How you feeling, Alex? Um, so I feel decent. I feel okay. Um, I have a little bit of a cough, which is weird because I didn't have a cough the entire time I was actually positive with COVID. And now that I'm negative, I have this slight cough. But I have this strange sensation that I cannot smell a damn thing. And I can taste bare minimal things. Like I could still yeah oh yeah like i can taste sweet but i couldn't tell you the difference between a cherry and a grape but i i would know that it was sweet huh was this throughout the COVID? no this no started it was, nah, it started like you know it's funny it, it's it started a few days ago but i didn't really think i'm like ah, i kind of can't smell i kind of but i kind of blew it I, I wasn't sure and then i did like some tests yesterday i'm like you know, jamming like chili powder up my nose, and I'm like, man, I can't smell this. <laughs> not, wow. Not, not well, you know, you know what's funny? I was uh, I was talking to I've I have several friends, especially up in New York, that have had COVID, and they said there's this thing online to do smell training. Yes. So yes. what you do is you you buy like a package of all different scented uh, essential oils. Yeah. And you you get like the orange one, and you smell it, and you think of an orange. <laughs> It's, no, I, I read I, it. It's true. Literally that and, and start shooting some like Flonase or something up your nose. Just be but, careful, uh, man. Don't don't start taking Afrin or anything. I, I was hooked on that for a good straight like year and a half. That stuff will be it'll change. It'll like ruin your life. You'll be hiding it in places Afrin. so that you know you have it. Yeah. Afrin is the most addictive substance on the planet as far as I'm concerned. You don't you don't know much about my past, do you? <laughs> Well, in my in my experience, in my humble experience. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it's it's kind of weird. It's well, kind of weird. While you were suffering and recovering and trying to get over your illness, Paul was in Disney World again. I was. I yeah, I heard I heard that. I was listening last week actually, for another birthday or something, right? Or, How was Disney World? 
it was great, man. We stayed at Animal Kingdom Lodge again and uh, woke up every morning to giraffes and zebras and ostriches and wildebeests and uh, Antoli cattle, I think they're called, with the big horns. Don't you wake up to wildebeests every morning? <laughs> Actually, yes, I do. They jump in my bed and, and go nuts. Uh, yeah, no, it was great, man. We had a couple days there, and then we actually ended up staying an extra night. So we stayed three nights there. Alex, I want to ask, while you were you know, obviously bunkered down with Marissa and, and recovering, how, how, how did Carmine like take all this? Do you understand? Oh, yeah. Time? Oh, absolutely. Carmine wanted us nowhere near him. He, uh, <laughs> he, he knew exactly what was going on. He was like, all right. You, I, kinda, I felt bad for him. Um... But he was spurring it on. You know, I kind of felt bad. Like, I got this five-year-old kid. He comes home, and he's like, you know, we're laying in bed dying, and he just kind of has run up the house. But if I tried to go near him to get anything, you know, a cup of cheese, like, ah, get out of here. Ah. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. He's like, go. No, don't touch me. Go away. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. Yeah, he just kind of had run out of the house for two weeks. Smart kid. Yeah, seriously. Oh, yeah. Well, they tell, you know, in school, he's getting, you know, be careful. Don't touch if somebody's sick. Stay away from them. So he was like, yeah, that includes you guys, too. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's good correct. for him. Smart yeah. kid. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's good to see you guys uh, on the mend and back back amongst the living. Uh, Abe, is, Abe can now take a sigh of relief that people can come back to work now. Did you, did you actually go into work yesterday? Yeah, I did. I stopped by, yeah. We were we were in our meeting and immediately, and immediately uh, during the meeting, Alex got his results and he screen shared with us and it said negative. He's like, Abe, I'll see you in ten minutes. He didn't even say goodbye. <laughs> he just disconnected. And, and I'm like, Abe, is he really gonna come? He's like, probably. <laughs> he, he showed right up. Oh yeah, oh That's yeah. dedication, man. I'd I'd milk it for another two weeks. I still have a cough. I can't. I, I can't. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, how long can you lay around in bed? The funny thing is, he's sitting in the office yesterday, and all of a sudden he, he starts coughing, and everybody's kind of like, like, dude, so <laughs> I'm like, at that point, if, there's, oh, if no. anybody's cough, you don't have to worry about it. It's mine. Yeah. Right, that's true, actually, because you have a, a negative result. So, from a PCR test, of all things, so you're good. Yeah. Wow. Yep. How about you, Abe? What'd you do this week? Uh, well, this week I kind of had a lot going on because we've been short-staffed and playing catch-up. But um, uh, my wife and I uh, went and got some uh, – well, she got a new tattoo, and I had a 20-year-old one uh, revitalized. In fact, I was on the I was in the whereby room listening in uh, when we had uh, – I guess, what was it, Wednesday? Wednesday night, yeah. Was it Wednesday? Yeah, you had to reveal Wednesday night, and I was in the whereby room you know, just trying to kill time listening, listening to it. Um, but yeah, I had a 20-year-old guardian angel tattoo on my leg. Spent three hours on a table. Halfway done. But I'm going to tell you something. You know, when you have an old tattoo, and that was a very sentimental tattoo for me. It was the first tattoo I ever got. It was my guardian angel. It wasn't even planned. It was done, like, unexpectedly. You know, you get to the point where you're, like, you don't, you're too afraid to let anybody uh, mess with it. You know, touch it. Because the last thing you want to do is make it worse or, you know, make it bad. Yeah. But um, we went to this guy here that was referred by uh, one of our longtime friends and regulars. Uh, in Boca, Tommy, uh, freehand Tommy over in uh, Big Kahuna in Boca. Uh, the guy was amazing. I sat there. He just basically freehanded a sketch on my calf. Maddie. 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 Tommy? Yeah, Maddie. Yeah. Thank you, Maddie. Um, and basically said, what do you think? I'm like, yeah, dude. And he just started going away at it. I, I sent you some photos. Uh, yes. I have them. You want me to yeah. show you want me to post them? Before and after. Yeah, yeah. 
So this is the original, right? That's the original. 20 years ago, that was done on New Year's Day. Literally, New Year's Day. And this is what this this is what this kid did. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a brand new tattoo. Yeah, literally, he did an amazing job, and he still got the whole back. That was three hours there work, and he's got the whole well, back half. But uh, I'll probably go back in a couple weeks, and he'll uh, finish the back half. But I yeah. I don't Abe, you how many tattoos do you have, Abe? I know Alex has a lot, but do you? What do you have? Three? I have currently three. That was my first one. This was one of one of the chips with my wife and I, which is kind of like a symbolic bonding tattoo. Then after my fourth son, I got my kid's initials with this kind of same symbolic bond tattoo on the other oh, wrist. That's cool. And and that was it. But now I think after seeing what Maddie did with this tattoo, I you know that's my guardian angel. Like I think I'm going to put an archangel on my other calf. You know I got to give him credit too because a guy with a lot of tattoos. One of the things that one of the least favorite things that tattoo artists like to do is mess with somebody else's shit. Yeah, you yeah. Know, a tattoo artists would much rather have a blank canvas to work with, but uh, he really did a good job of bringing that thing back to life and kind of putting his own little twist to it too. So I mean, yeah. it, looks, it looks like a new tattoo. It doesn't just look like it was recolored and. And it's funny is that you know I've been talking to Jay who gave me his number like yeah. like for three or four years, like literally three or four years. You know, so my wife just had a whim about doing something. Like, oh, let's make a date night. You know, some people go to Disney. We went to a tattoo parlor. <laughs> you know, it, it was it was so random too and I, it kind of just like blew over me because i guess i was sick and we were having an issue that night but i was like yeah uh, do you have it can you take care of it? i'm in the middle of getting a tattoo and i'm like it's wednesday it's wednesday night like what do you what do you mean You're just it, it really was random <laughs> yeah i don't have zero tattoos i've been i've been in the tattoo parlor thinking about getting something i've never been able to dedicate myself to one image or phrase long enough to want to tattoo it to my body permanently. That's really it. But my wife, I think, has 10 tattoos. She's, she's got a lot of tattoos. But That's because she's the cool one. I've, I never said she wasn't. Never said she wasn't. But I kind of balance her out now. Um, You know, it's really funny because that, that Guardian Angel tattoo was my literally first one. And it happened because we had a New Year's Eve party. I was telling Alex a story the other day. We had a New Year's Eve party at Smoke Inn. Um, and this is like literally right when Brandy and I started dating. Like she had just moved in that November for Thanksgiving, you know. And um, the alarm had gone off. We'd probably close the shop around 2 a.m., 7.30 in the morning, the alarm goes off. And it goes off motion detectors. Multiple motions are going off, which freaks you out because that means somebody's moving. Somebody's in there. What happened was they had left a big bouquet of balloons in there when the AC kicked on. It just started moving the balloons all over the store. So um, I, had a, I had an employee at the time. He was closer. He rushed over. I said, I'd meet you there. We get down there, and, you know, we figure out the balloons. Now we don't feel like going back to bed. So we go to the island. We have breakfast. And I know Brandy's passed out at times. Like, we want to do, you know, let's take a ride down to South Beach, you know, kill a couple hours. So we started driving down there, and he goes, oh, there's this uh, tattoo shop in Fort Lauderdale. Um can we stop by? I got my like ex-wife's name on my arm. I want to redo it. I'm like, all right, we got nothing better to do. So while we were in there, I started looking around because I always said like you, you know, I kind of thought about getting a tattoo, but I didn't know what to get. And you're going through the books and you're going through the pictures and nothing's sticking out. And the guy's like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm in the cigar business. Oh, we got these cigar tattoos. Like, yeah, I don't know if I really want to put a cigar as a tattoo, you know. <laughs> and then, you know, I've always said like many times in my life when my back was 
literally against the wall. I didn't know how I was going to get out from underneath it. You know, shit just fortunately worked out and happened. And I always thought I had a guardian angel. So that's why I saw that picture, that big angel picture. And that picture was only maybe about three inches, three inches square by three inches square. But it was gorgeous. And she's looking out to the horizon. I'm like, dude, I, I like this picture. Can you do this picture? The guy looks at it. He goes, yeah, man. But that's like, you know, a really detailed photo. Like, I mean, that's got to be a big tattoo. Like, it's got to go on your chest or your back. I'm like, so you, like, couldn't put it on my, like, calf? And he's like. No, man. So then I come around the corner. I was in shorts. I said, what about this calf? He goes, oh, yeah, man. That calf, we can get it out. <laughs> and that's how I ended up getting my first tattoo. Oh, it looks good, man. Which was really funny because I never grew up around tattooed people. Nobody in my family really had tats or whatever. It just That's how it turned out. Same here. Honestly. I, I think my brother got his first tattoo now. He's 45. This one, too. This was a trip Brandy and I we're supposed to go to Vegas. I think I've told you this. Yeah, yeah. You had to. You told us on the show where you had to yeah. get off the flight at Southwest, and you were yeah. We had to get off. Screw it. We just got a car, went to the Keys, and that's when I got that one. So two of them have been really just on a spontaneous whim, and the other two were well. This one and the other ones we pre-planned. I like the idea of the other one with the with the kids' names on it. Like I, I would do something like that, but I can't put it on my wrists or my face or my neck or anything because I'm assuming someday I won't have a real I won't have a job anymore, so I'll have to work at a uh, retail outlet again. That's I used to work at Blockbuster and Tiffany. Put it on your left wrist. Oh, so you can cover it with a watch. I guess that makes sense. Nah, I mean, it doesn't matter for you. You own the business. No, and it's not saying, like you have it. You put it on your left wrist. Well, yeah, that was always my. Never went past wrists or neck. Anything I couldn't cover if I absolutely had to. My wife has a tattoo on her neck, but it's back, like on the back of her neck. Right. So, so her hair always covers her hair down, it. Right. But when she worked at that, you know, that big fancy resort that she works at, she had to. She has tattoos on her calves too, so she has to always put that. She always had to put that makeup on her legs mm. and on her, you know, on her wrists. She's got, you know. It's a. I'd never want to have to go through that if I have to. If I, 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 if think, I, have a I think that should be our goal, Alex. We should coerce Paul to get a tattoo. I, I have no problem with getting a tattoo. I'm not good with pain. That's what I, I, like I want to see. I want to see you sitting in a chair. Oh, I'll cry. Ah, ah, ah. But but I I would They're get awful. one. I have I listen, nothing. I I look. I'm the first to tell you, tattoos are awful. Uh, the pain is awful. I hate it. I hate it every time that I go. As a guy with a ton of tattoos, the only reason I go back is the finished product. But the right. process absolutely fucking sucks. Well, I tell you what, this this time was the worst time I could remember. And you know, these are sensitive areas too. You absolutely, know. absolutely. But it was the worst time I could remember. And um, he said, he says, as you get older, your endorphins don't last as long. So it's a little bit worse the older you get. And then he goes, you're redoing an area that was already done, which is always going to be more right. painful. Than, than oh, more. is that right? Is that right? It's yeah. more sensitive. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, he wanted to keep going, man. After three hours, like, man, I think it's Brandy's turn. Get her in the chair, dude. What, I, Quentin, Quentin is a little creepy, huh? Quentin is a lie. lot creepy. He's just a creepy <laughs> guy. Creepy guy. Quentin creepy. Is a creepy. He's always he's always he's asking nice. to see my mother in law. He's asking to see. Uh, he wants to see my wife's tattoos. I gotta I gotta lock down my Facebook now. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Coincidentally, our, our main guest is another guy who's. I mean, it's like the tattoo show. I mean, it's another oh, guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel so out of place. You want to uh, bring him on? Yeah, let's bring him on. Let's start. Well, we can. We, yeah, we'll do meet your maker because he uh, he makes products for sure. Just with all those tattoo talks, just please make sure he has clothes on when we start the show. No, oh, man, I, I hope he does not. That would be hilarious. 
Well, I see him. I see him. I see him stripping down. Oh, he's right. Of course, he's like, <laughs> hang on. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. A man who is no stranger to the show here, a guy who we had on maybe four years ago before he became the uh, influencer that he is now from Cigar Prop, Mr. Kevin Shahan. Welcome to the show again, sir. What is going on, everybody? Like Paul said, I am Kevin from Cigar Prop, and I am coming to you live from the Drew Estate Experience Acid Studios. Like the other guys, I am on the sunny Gulf Coast of Florida and it is a wonderful day. Thank you for having me on. Look at you, wow. brother. So he came shot out of a cannon today. Right. I did. That's always you gotta come with the gusto. So so I gotta ask, when you were on four years ago, we probably barely knew each other, right? I, I can't remember who reached out to who, but just curiosity if you can remember psychologically, what was the difference in your mind coming on to KMA four years ago and coming on today? I well, I've been I've been on this is my third. Uh, 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 appearance on KMA. Uh, the first time I was on, uh, Abe, you were out sick that day. Um, so it was just me, Paul, and uh, Resting Bitch Face um, was on. And, uh, uh, <laughs> that, that's my that's my nickname for him. Uh, so uh, Adam. Lovingly, lovingly nickname. A lovingly. Yes, lovingly nickname. Uh, he just always, it's being a Michigan fan, he can't really help it. Um, but wow. um, so, uh, and then the second time we, we were on, I was uh, uh, debuting my new lighter bleed tool, and Abe was unimpressed. He'd be like, mm, I'd still just use a pen, you know? And I'm like, thanks, Abe, <laughs> you know? But even then, we we really, we kind of knew we interacted a little bit, but we weren't the friends that we are now. So, um, yes, it was uh, it was terrifying the first time, terrifying. Um, but uh, we, we had a good time. You seem far, you seem far from terrified today. Uh, a, yeah, yes, this is uh, this is this is kind of what I do now. This is this is just uh, yeah. Thanks for wearing clothes. Yes, Matt Booth. Matt Booth. You know, just my my. I have professed my undying love for Matt Booth. We have decided to finally have children together. So uh, that's uh, we've uh, we're, we've agreed on that next step. So um, yeah, I just want to. I'm sure there's some app that would show us what a child from you and Matt Booth. <laughs> yeah, did that once with Adam and Matt Booth. <laughs> oh. So yeah, uh, uh, someone someone said he was on a broadcast or on a show, and it's like, ah, not not you know, like like why hasn't Kevin gotten in your new contest or something? I'm like, mm, okay, I'm gonna get in and just crush the competition. <laughs> so, all right, so let, let's start from the beginning. Wait, speaking of competition, okay, go ahead. I have to mention this beautiful piece of art you have hanging behind you on the wall there. Yes, yes. Oh. Belt. The, the battle it has never it has never left the wall um it's it's always there i'm always proud of that of, of that uh belt and um it's just uh it's it's all it's just a reminder you know it, it every every day that 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 i come in to, to the studio I, I look at that belt i look at also uh, a hat that i have says nothing to prove um like i said those those are my reminders to uh yeah keep uh keep going keep striving keep doing uh the the best and uh, um just don't let anybody tear you down don't let anybody tell you that a, a a tool that you invented um could be replaced by a pen 
Don't listen to those people. Just keep going and keep doing what you do. And uh, you you can be successful and take your clothes off. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's true. You can. <laughs> so what were you going to say, Paul? Go ahead. I, I want to start from the beginning because when we first met Kevin, we brought him on as a manufacturer of I, Kevin, I can't remember if you reached out to me or I reached out to you, but I, I had seen the cigar prop somewhere. And, and maybe I was, I, I think I may have actually been looking for cigar gadget guys specifically because we, we have had a couple of, of the guys on here, you know, the cigar tea guy that, that has the tea, you know, for the golf course and whatnot. And uh, I forget the name of the, the bottle one where it clips on the side of the bottle to hold the cigar. And I thought yours was pretty practical because it doesn't have to be, you know, specifically for one one use. You can kind of use it anywhere. So that's that's one of the reasons why we brought you on. And then you also had at the time Beard Bomb and 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 other beard products. But but can you can you just go can you just go into, you know, I, I think you said it was to, when when you invented the cigar prop, how you how you got into the manufacturing side of things, and like how it all kind of started for you in this world. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I never invented the cigar rest. I mean, there had been some iterations of that, you know, um, that had been around for, for years. Abe has probably right. seen tons of those. And uh, But uh, for me, it was just I was working at my metal lathe one day. I got a little mini shop in my garage, and uh, my cigar was rolling around, and I, I had finished the piece I was working on. I had some, some material chucked up, so I just, you know, did a little thing with my lathe and created a, a cigar prop. I don't even have one handy here to show everybody. It was my original one. And um, you know, a couple friends of mine saw them. They wanted one. So I made a, a few more. And then um, uh, about that time, I really kind of met Jessica. You know, we had been dating and then she had seen it and she really pushed me into um, uh, manufacturing them, you know, just, uh, um, and I was like, eh, nobody's gonna buy these. And people bought them, people bought thousands of them. Um, until uh, uh, the Chinese market, people started knocking them off, making them overseas, uh, you know, you know, cutting my price in half, which uh, at that point, I just kind of gave up. You know, I just uh, were depleting our, our inventory, um, slowly getting rid of them. And then uh, we just come up with uh, um, uh, the lighter bleed tool, which was another thing uh, that I had damaged a couple hundred dollar lighter by, by sticking a little pocket screwdriver in there in the bleeding port. And um, I said, uh, figured there had to be a better way. Mm -hmm. So kind of came up with this, the you know, the, the lighter bleed tool. And this has been by far the most successful thing. I, I don't know how many tens of thousands uh, that, that we have made and sold over the last few years. And it's definitely one thing that's not slowing down. And, and luckily for me, it's not one thing that anybody has ripped off. Like, I'm still like it. I mean, I... Shh. Yeah, I, I, you know, it, it's 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 going to happen uh, eventually. You know, because we sell a ton on Amazon. Eventually, Amazon's going to pay attention and they're going to knock it off and make their own and sell it as an Amazon Basics and stop promoting mine. And then that'll 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 be it. But uh, but I think the one thing that I have going for me with this item is this time around is the power of social media. So um, I have no problem with somebody reinventing something that I made to make it better. If you think you can do a better job and and do something, but um, to, if if you if you copied mine exactly, I think you would feel the wrath of social media, and uh, you wouldn't be in business very long. So, for the listeners out there that don't, I, I'm not gonna like no, no kidding around. I have never bled a lighter in my life, maybe accidentally, 
what what is the what is the purpose of bleeding a butane lighter for for those of our listeners that may not know? Well, uh, butane, and uh, if you have a can of butane, there, there's air there along with butane in that can. There is air. There is air that is non-flammable. It's just a, a product of making butane. Same with your propane tank on your grill. There's going to be a little bit of air in there. So when you're filling up your lighter, it's going to get a little bit of air in there. So you want to get the most, you know, the most fuel in here as you can. Then if you keep refilling it, eventually you're not going to be able to get any more butane in your lighter. It'll just be full of air. So, you know, you'll take one of the little bleed tools and then fits right over the bleeding port and then you press down and then it'll bleed the air out. So when you fill it back up, you can fill it completely with, with butane. Okay. So it lets the extra air out so you can get more butane in there. Yes. Okay. But your, your product is specifically designed instead of taking a pen or some sharp object to push down there and possibly uh, screwing up the port down there. It's designed to fit over the port. Yeah, yeah, mine fits over the port. It's got a little step in there, then it's got uh, bleed holes, so the air will come out through the tip and then out the bleed holes. So get I'm, not gonna that, I'm not going to leave that pen comment down for a while. Like <laughs> <laughs> not going to happen. Well, listen. But, you, but you know, like I said, you weren't the only one. There, there were so many people at the very beginning, and you never said it was dumb, but there, there were people that said, that's dumb. Nobody is going to buy well, one. I don't. Um, and, I, I never really think anything really off the top of the head is really, really dumb. It's just that sometimes you don't think they're, like you said, people, there'd be a market for it that this will be people, something that people say, I got to have, you know, but not the first time I've been wrong. Yeah. You know, so yeah. So we, we just kept on and I, I felt strongly about it. And um, we, we just kept making them, kept producing them, people kept buying them. And that's kind of kind of what I'm what I'm known for now is just the uh, uh, you know the the lighter bleed tool among you know everything else you know of our social media empire our battle of the bands championship and everything else. Well, yeah, I want to get more into that later on the show, but I want to ask because you brought Jess up, and you know, being the romantic that I am, you know, just you know, you guys are listen. I, I, there's certain people who uh, they're more of couples on social media, you know like Callahan's and, and you and Jess, you know, like my wife hates social media. Like my wife doesn't even like, like let me to take, like take a picture of her. If you look at it, people will say, how come your wife's never in your family? I said, you got to ask her. She don't want to be in any photos, you know? So, um, yeah, you guys are without a doubt one of those couples, you know, power couples in, in social media. So I just want to know, how did you end up meeting Jess? Uh, we actually met on a plenty of fish, you know, I'm, I'm looking there. Um, Hi. Uh, and uh, wow. uh, just uh, and, uh, wait, wait, wait. on what? Plenty of fish. You know, it's kind of like just one of the the, the date the online dating. Oh, is that a dating app? Yeah, dating app. Oh no way. Yeah, so I saw her picture, and you swipe whatever way. You know, you swipe left to throw the girls in the trash bin. You swipe right, whatever, to put them in like you're saved. You know, wow. and then like then she gets a notification. Hey, this guy swiped right on your photo. You should check him out. And, you know, we just um, is it like an adult version of Tinder. Um, no, no, it's not like Tinder. Tinder is a hookup app. Plenty yeah. of fish was like uh, was like okay, Cupid or eHarmony. eHarmony, uh, eHarmony, yes. So yeah, eHarmony was like the first one out there, and then you know, I so, think Plenty of Fish has a from when I used Plenty of Fish back in the day. So I think Plenty of Fish had like a free platform. It's pretty old. Really? 
Yeah. Yeah. That's what happens when you're married. You don't know any of this shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So that, that's, that's how we met just uh, uh, plenty of fish. And then we, we, you know, we, we met and it was kind of like that connection that, that little spark was there instantly. And, um, here, here we are today. Just, um, uh, like I said, uh, I, I can't think of really too many power couples out there, you know, um, uh, um, the other, God, there used to be out, uh, at a, at a shop. Uh, yeah. yeah like, uh, Jeff and yeah. one, there's, there's a few out there, but it's not that common. Well, the, uh, and power couples that are on social media a lot. So you, yeah. have, you have Jeff and Tanya, you have, you know, Jeff and Heather, you know, used to have Mel and her husband out at a, a fifth on Ford out in uh, Arizona, um, which they were all seen, you know, um, uh, on, you know, on social media, but I'm not sure if you see another couple, a couple as much as you see Jessica and I, I mean, we're kind of dominating the, the, the social media uh, world, you know, as a couple and thankfully as individuals, we're not seen. We, she used to be seen as Miss Cigar Prop. That was her name, Miss Cigar Prop. Now people know her as Jessica, you know, it's Jessica. And then we, we've taken these two kind of similar but separate paths on um, uh, our style of photos, what we do, um, how we interact with people. And, and it's, it's good. You know, it's, so we, we cover a broader you know, yeah. spectrum of the social media world. Was she into cigars? Uh, um, when you had- uh, she, she, now she grew up around cigars, you know, um, uh, with uh, so many uncles and uh, um, uh, grandparents but um, so she'd smoke occasionally. So when I when I met her, I I, I, I smoked cigars. She knew that. I'm like, would you like to try? So we started her off on the little acid blondies um, and then just kind of, you know, progressed from there. And, and, you know, probably within within the first year, you know, she was up to the Liga Pravada T52. She was smoking everything, <laughs> you know, Herrera Esteli. And now she's kind of known as like the girl that can smoke anything. She can smoke me under the table every day of the week. There isn't a cigar made that has been able to kick her ass. You know, um, she, and like I said, there's, there's nothing she can't smoke any time of the day. That's funny. Cause I think acid blondies has to be like the, one of the most go-to like training wheels. Of yeah. The, absolutely. Of the cigar absolutely. Industry when, when someone like wants to try one, but, Never had one. I probably see that recommended more than anything. It was hey. my wife's first cigar at your West Palm Beach opening. There you oh. go. <laughs> there you go. We, Speaking of we your found wife, out Paul, a week later she was pregnant, but we didn't know that. You need to be. <laughs> you need to be more careful, Paul. Quentin spied your wife in the background, and now he's. You know. <laughs> oh, he saw her. Yeah, oh, now no. he's all nuts and going crazy in the to, comments. I told her not to come back. Oh, I didn't you got to be careful. Oh man, I got to. I got to yell at her. Hey, Quentin. <laughs> Quentin. They live at 442. <laughs> Listen, hey, I'll tell you this. If Quentin is going to drive down here to meet my wife. Oh, don't ahead. say it. Don't <laughs> say it. Don't, yeah, even yeah. Give him an don't, don't even say it, Paul. You have no idea what that boy is willing to do. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're. Oh, I know man. you're saying it as a whim, but listen. I, I just. I, I, I'm. A, I'm all over the place today, but because this is like interesting to me now. So, Paul, you did plenty of fish. I did a lot of dating apps back in the day. When when you live in the New York metro area, the easiest. I mean, I don't want to sound crass, but the easiest way to hook up is is online, right? So when when I worked a lot, I mean, we used to have. 
this is terrible, but we used to have bets with my buddies. We'd, we'd do three shows in a day, and then, you know, it'd be like 8 o'clock at night, and we're all done. And we'd be sitting at the bar after doing two kid shows and an adult show, whatever time we did the adult show, 7 o'clock. So we'd be sitting there, and we'd have bets. Whoever could get a girl to show up at the bar first bought everybody's drinks that night. Wow. I'm sorry, vice versa. I'm sorry. Say, yeah, that's what kind of had his, I'm sorry, had his drinks bought that night. <laughs> so if you could get a girl to show up first through one of these Tinder or I was at the very beginning of Tinder. I was I was single. But so you bought a shitload of drinks. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, see, you say that. But like, I'm good with talking to women. My pictures were not, you know, I was thinner then. But like, did it was more about like you choose a different picture. I could I could find what pictures I use. Did you use I had, a yeah, one, or did you use an actual one? No, I used real pictures, like of really? me, but like the best possible pictures. Yeah, I think yeah. I had like three. Yeah, you don't you don't put your ugly pictures up there. <laughs> but but I've had a lot of experiences, vice versa, with girls when I would date online, where I learned that if they were doing their pictures like this with their phone, uh, the <laughs> angles. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want anything to do with that because you best, learn you meet the girl and it's no, not the same girl. The best comment that Alex ever made. What do you call it? Witchcraft. No, Facebook trickery. Sorcery. 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 We've had a couple we've had a couple bartenders or people we know and yeah. we're looking at their Facebook photos and Alex like, Man, they should teach a master class. This is like amazing. <laughs> amazing. Witchcraft. Yeah, the angles. The and, angles and the, and the lights. And and the, nowadays the filters. The filters will yeah. get you. Oh, yeah. You know, you know what's he, funny? I know exactly. Who, of, I know a specific kind of, person that you're talking about, bartender wise. Yeah. <laughs> Filters are kind of easy to notice, though, because it kind of like clears every blemish of the skin and everything. Right. You know? well, it right. takes away your pores, and it's like, that woman's yeah. amazing. She has no pores. Is she, she has an no angel? Right. She has yeah. no pores left. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, before we get Paul, why don't, you, why don't you reach out and we should do a show just with Jess? That would be awesome. I would yeah. love to pick her brain. Yeah, not not to continually do your job and come up with good ideas, but <laughs> I would do that. I would do that. Yeah, well, I'd love to have her on. I'd love to hear her story. Kevin, was she the was she like the inspiration for the cigar prop girl that you had on your original logos? Yeah, yeah, she 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 really was. You know, um, uh, just this uh, uh, this classic classic beauty. You know, she was, you know, she, and, and then sitting atop the, uh, uh, the cigar prop, you know, which yeah. is the throne of the house, you know, and that's what she, she sits on this throne. She's kind of like the red queen though. Um, you know, so she sits on her throne and, you know, demand, you know, but that's what I need. I need structure. I need to be reined in sometimes. Cause I can be, you know, all you ladies out there, you know, I can be difficult to live with, you know, I'm not saying I'm not, you know, I'm not perfect. So I know, I know a lot of people think that, you know, oh my God, look at him. He's amazing. Um, she puts up with a lot. Uh, does she have a sister? Yes, she does have a, uh, a sister, Quentin. Uh, she uh, um, is happily married sister uh, li living in New Jersey. So, um, and if you think you, and you think you can tolerate a Jersey girl, you know, uh, whoo, that is uh you can't, you can't rein in a Jersey girl. I don't, you know, yeah, Kevin's too far. I mean, Kevin, uh, Quentin is too far removed from Jersey to understand. I think. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it's possible for him to understand what that what that box of cats is like. That that you know you, that's in Jessica's head, and you sh I shake it up, and then. Uh. <laughs> now we talked about tats earlier in the show. You're a pretty tat up guy. How many tattoos do you have? Well, at this point, I can, I can safely say that I only have one. It starts at this wrist. 
wow. goes all the way down my body and then it <laughs> up and then it finishes up on this wrist. So I, I just have the one, you know, to, uh, tattoo, which it goes all the way to my head as well. Wow. Um, so yeah. So, so you have a full body. Uh, pretty much. I, I'm, you know, I, I mean, I've got some open space, you know, that, you know, that, that I'm saving for, for, you know, special things, but yeah, we've got a little bit of open space we can deal with. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of work. How many hours, I mean, how many hours do yeah. you spend under the needle? So, um, so for, for two years, um, I had a standing appointment in my tattoo shop every Friday night for between three to five hours for two wow. years. Wow. So, um, dude, that's like, I it's mean, dedication. Were you getting to the point where you, were you just starting to dread Friday nights? No, uh, back then I, I loved it because it's a tattoo shop. You know, it's a, it's the camaraderie. It's just uh, hanging out with, it was, it was almost like a party every Friday night, you know, just, we had fun. Everybody talked, told jokes. It was a good time after the tattoo session, we all went out to eat, you know, had a, had a few drinks afterwards and it was just about, I mean, it's still my family, you know, they're, they're my, my tattoo family. So it was, a. Uh, it's like a cigar shop. It's just, it's just like a cigar shop. You know, you, you look forward to going because that's where you unwind from the day. You know, it's just, you know, just a cool place to be. That's where you unwind from the day where they stick needles in you and, and make you bleed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jeff, Jeff, how bad was the head? Surprisingly, not that bad. So, um, 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 what was so the worst spot? Um, the, the hands down the um the ribs I hear the, the ribs all the time um uh the, the the armpits are pretty I have my arm armpits a hundred percent done those are pretty pretty tender now I don't have my butt done but I've got a buddy that's got way more tattoos than me he said he had one of his butt cheeks done he I mean he's got them on his neck face everywhere he said never again he goes that was the most painful thing he had ever experienced so he's, he's, walking, he's walking around with one butt cheek done yeah, it was just like a small tattoo on one butt cheek, and um, he said never again. He, he'll never do it again. Wow, interesting. So, wow, that yeah. would be the last place that I would think that it would hurt so bad. I would think the chest would be really bad. Chest is yeah. bad, but most people will say the ribs. Yeah, the, the the ribs is almost unbearable. It's it's just it's almost. I mean, it's it, it'll it'll almost make you go insane. Like the the pain is so intense, you, you you just from the very first to you know second to the very last second, you you think you're going to freak out because it hurts so bad. Wow. So you know, not get back on cigars because now you're just listening to this conversation. I'm starting to dread going back in in another another week. I don't know how you did it every week for two years. Um, how did you evolve? So you're making product and you were making stuff. <laughs> You were making a uh, beard balm because I remember, I think after one of those shows, I took you to our barber shop. Yeah. Um, and, and Adrian loves your product. Are you still making the beard balm stuff? Yeah. Yeah. We still make it. We still sell it. Um, uh, we've done that for years prior to uh, getting into the cigar industry. So I really don't promote it anymore because it's just one of those businesses that have grown organically. Um, I, I've still got a, a, a great clientele of uh, um, people online and then shops that stock it. So it's not anything that, that I really have to promote. There's a lot of different products out there. You know, now that places like Walmart and Target have gotten into the, the, the beard product game, um, uh, we, we really don't 
promote it too much but we do we do a good business and it's just um it's just something that that, that just keeps going but yeah another thing you know i i started that because i needed a good product being a mechanic most of the products that were out there are like butter based they're really thick they're they're really sticky you know so dust and dirt from working on cars would constantly stick in it you couldn't comb it out the products were hard to wash out um so i was looking for a product that didn't uh, contain any of those butters those thickening agents and uh, and i was told that it couldn't be done there's no possible way to, to create a solid product without using any type of butters so once again i took that as a challenge did some research luckily had some friends in the cosmetic industry that that helped me out and we created something that is solid you know that but still has a holding power that still washes out and um but yeah and uh to this day at last check you know because like a lot of us still stay uh, uh connected we had there's about 900 companies making beard product um and there's only one that doesn't use any butters and that's mine and so, they can find that on your cigar prop website yeah they can find that on the cigar prop website cool one of the guys was asking they wanted to make sure um and it's called it's called irish beard bomb is that the name of it yep yep irish beard bomb yeah now how long did you, uh, do have you sorry paul I just quick, do you recommend it for guys with like, you know, like the short beards like mine, or is that more for like guys that have the long? No, once you, you know, when you have a beard that's less than an inch, your body will produce enough. It's called sebum, S-E-B-U-M, that it'll, it'll help maintain your beard and your skin. Okay. You don't, you don't need anything. If it gets itchy, I tell people take some peppermint oil, like peppermint uh, um, uh, essential oil, mix it with like a little olive oil. And then rub that into your skin because peppermint is a natural anti. -hip. I have a beard oil that has peppermint essential oil in it. Yeah, basically. So I guess maybe I'm doing something right. Okay. Yeah, so that's it's a natural anti itch, so you can just take it and then just rub it in your skin if you get a little itchy. But yeah, you're on a short beard. You really don't need any pro. You don't need any sculpting. You don't need any holding power. You know, your your body will produce what it needs. Paul, well, you need to be more concerned with Rogaine than beer bomb. I gave cool. up Rogaine. Yeah, I I took Rogaine for years. Did you really? I used it. Say, I used say, it for many. I I I try. I tried it. I was do. I was wondering if it worked. I had like a little spot um, because I, I, at one time I had a mohawk, and then my my barber couldn't make a mohawk anymore because oh, he couldn't no. because he couldn't connect the two mohawks. The front Italo, mohawk. And the back. Italo, 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 yeah. Italo's almost the, yeah. Italo's yeah. pretty much Italo's there. All balding here. Yeah. Little fluff, and then he's got this horse mane. Yeah, yeah. In the back of his head, you know. So, so yeah, I did Rogaine for like a year and taking pictures and documenting because I thought it'd be a cool video, and it mm -hmm. di it didn't work. Yeah, me too. I I took pictures as well. I had long hair at the time, so it was harder to see. But I don't. Maybe it maybe it stunted it for a little while, but it definitely did not get any better. And then I, that, it's such a, it's so much work, and you have to be careful with that product too because it says like make sure you clean your hands immediately. Do not touch anything that's, else. Do not go near children. Lot, Do not. That's not a lot of work. What's a lot? Yeah, of work? yeah, lot yeah. Of work? yeah. What Paul? Paul? Yeah, washing your hands in. is yeah. a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, doesn't, Paul doesn't wash his face in the morning, so that for him that's a lot of work. Yeah. But, well, I did wash my face this morning because I took a shower, and that's when I washed my face. No, we're not talking about that. We're just talking about washing your face every day if you don't take a shower <laughs> in the morning. But I, I did. I, I started balding first year in college. I was like, "What the fuck is going?" Oh, so on? you were pretty young, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I started balding first year in college, and I think by twenty twenty one or twenty two, I I did the hair club for men. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, you said you did that. The Cy, the Cy Sperling. You know, I'm not only a <laughs> president of the company; I'm also a member. Yeah. Now that's that's actually a lot of me. That shit was a lot of work because what yeah. they do is they, you know, because you got real hair growing here, you know, just not down the middle. And I think it'd be more; it would have been more practical for guys that just got like the monk balding spot here. But when you don't have hair here in the front, oh, uh, so they 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 you go into the barber shops and they saw a track into your your real hair so they shave this little track then they have this really thin fiber screen that's they have real hair sewed into oh. and then they like fuse it to your track and then and then the best part is right there's nothing for there's no fusion here because there's, it needs some little bit of hair to fuse to so then you'd have to flip the screen up they'd have this special double stick tape you'd have to put on and then you push it down and that's how, and then they, they would groom your hair. And, and they, how often do you have to go to do they that? They made their money because you went there monthly to groom the hair. It wasn't putting in the hair in. Like I said, DuPont should just give everybody in the world a lighter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't care if it's a, a $1,000 lighter. They should give everybody, I've said this for years, they should just give everybody in the world a lighter. Because when I did the math 15 years ago, those little DuPont refuel cartridges came out to like $4,700 a gallon. Oh my God. So, you know, at those prices, you should be giving people lighters because you're making money selling fuel, not the lighters. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, they were making money on, on the grooming. So I went from, because I always had short hair because I played football. So I always had short hair for the helmet. But I went from like literally getting out of the shower without ever using any hair products to now I had gel, mousse. I had the blow dry. I had bad hair days. And it lasted about nine months. And I said, screw it. And I just, took everything out and just just dealt with being bald. So I had like a nine-month ordeal. In fact, hang on. Wow. Go to another screen. I'm going to grab it. Okay. I've, I've actually – so I've never done that. But when I've done – you know, in my acting days, when I had to do um, shows where they didn't want me to be bald, they'll take that stuff and sprinkle it in your hair when I had longer hair. And it's like, it's like fine fiber rice. And it, it works. It looks good. But if you touch it, it gets all over you. If you shake your head too hard, it gets everywhere. And then you have to shower and get it out. The, the shower gets black, you know, when you're showering the day after. Hold on. Let's go to eight. I got some glare here. Oh. This is with uh, so That's fake hair. That is Hair Club for Men. I think this is roughly 1996, 7, 8, maybe. And this is with Jim Belushi when he had Lone Wolf, Lone Wolf cigars and he started with Chuck Norris. You know who I'm you so look like in that photo? You look like you could be Jeff Borschwitz's brother. You know, he had the same style of hair. You guys were young back then. You know, you look like you, you could be brothers with Jeff B. The, the Chicago boys. Yeah. But, Chicago but, cigar boys. But Jeff's hair is real. This one. Was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, oh, I'm surprised you didn't go for plugs, Abe. There were no plugs back then, dude. Oh, is that too long ago? Yeah. Now that they have just you just had that that hat thing that you just put on your head. And I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I had like, something like that too. When Shopper Image sold something like that, it doesn't yeah. work. No, I had yeah, that they, too. They I, had I no tried all that shit. That was that was some state of the art shit back then. Yeah. Yeah. Now they got micro dots. Speaking of tattoos, have you seen this? Yeah. Now, now, like if if you have if you wear your hair short, like you know, like uh, oh like yeah, they could just right tattoo here, your... right there, like that. Yeah, yeah. They tattoo the rest of your head, so it looks like you have hair. Yeah. I like that, dude. Then you can I... never change your hairstyle. No, no, I mean no, but but Google micro dot tattoos, hair tattoos. Google it, and you'd be shocked at how some of that stuff looks. 
I wonder if I should get that. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'll ask for my birthday next month. Then you just keep you just keep you know just shaving the hair down where it grows, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, just keep knocking it down. That's it. That's fine. That's fine. Wait, so Kevin, do you have do you have a full head of hair now, or you just um, have a? I I mean I have like the little I have like a little bald spot, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I shave my head. You know, my my head's fully you know it's fully tattooed. So I you know so I try and keep it try and keep it shaved. But uh, but if I could grow a full luxurious mane. I don't know. I'd probably, I'd, I'd, I'd probably try it again because I used to have hair. I tell you what, you have such a distinctive look that every time I ever see you without a hat and glasses, it takes me a moment. If it wasn't yes. in your beard, yeah. I wouldn't recognize you at all. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, do we have time? No, no, no. Save it for after the break. Okay. I, you know, it's funny though, Abe. I feel the same way. Kevin does those those fun little skits on his uh, on his YouTube page and on his Facebook page, where he does like you know fun little things, like where he takes the saw to cut his uh, the circular saw to cut his cigar or, or something like that. But I, there's one or two of them where he starts with his hat off and puts a hat on. And I'm like, oh 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 oh, it's Kevin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. So so Kevin, tell us. So you know, we got a few minutes before the break. How did you eventually evolve? into getting to the social media part where now you've become now a media person in the industry. How did that develop from being a kind of yeah. a manufacturer? You know, and that from, from the very day I started the company that, that, that I created a website and decided to start this company, I also created a YouTube channel. So I figured, okay, so I'm, I'm manufacturing cigar accessories. I should probably should have a cigar review channel, review cigars, try and drive people to my website. I understood how the Google algorithm worked uh, even back then. So, so we started doing that and then really just interacting with people online. Um, I never pushed my product online because I didn't want to be that guy. We're all part of those Facebook groups to where there's one guy that has a product and all he does is push his product and he never interacts. So I spent about a year, um, online and all the groups, just, you know, talking with people, talking about cigars, really learning about cigars along with other people. And then if someone asked, hey, I'm looking for a cigar rest, does anybody know where I could get one? And I would chime in, oh, hey, I, you know, I make them. So it got to the point where a lot of people were buying them. And then other people would start promoting my product for me. It's like, oh, hey, you know, Kevin, that's always in the group. He makes cigar, or cigar rest as well. You should go check him out. And then people started, you know, taking pictures with their, you know, with their cigar rest. I'm like, oh, hey, that's a badass thing. Where'd you get that from? And they'd be like, Kevin, I'm like, oh, hey, you know, Kevin, that's always chiming in. And I'm like, yeah, that, that's me. So I, I took a different route and, you know, really didn't push the product and, and try to let it grow organically. And I wanted people to get to know me as a, as a person, as a family man, um, because if they can, if they can trust you and you become friends, people will, you know, they're, more, you know, they tend to buy products from people that they like, you know, even if there's a product out there that they really want, if the owner's a dick, you know, even like in the cigar world, we see that there are brand owners that people hate and they will never buy a cigar from them um, because they just don't like them. So, you know, know, it's funny, funny, really funny. You said that because I was just having yesterday a conversation with Omar Fernandez um, from uh, AJ Fernandez cigars and we were talking about somebody in the industry, um, and you know, he, he was teasing me because, like, you know, he knows like I don't care for the person that much or whatever. I said, "Look, I don't really don't know the person. The guy could be a great husband, great family man. I just, 
I don't like his business ethics. I think he's a very unethical businessman. And, you know, that's that's what I have a problem with. I can't really say whether I don't like the person or not. Or, and he said to me exactly what you just said. He goes, you know, it's very hard that you're going to find a, a, a guy who's not a good family man. And then, you know, he's basically made the same comment. Yeah. Good family man, you're a good husband, good father. You're typically going to be a good business person. It's hard to find it. So I was like, it's when you said that, it rang, it rang a bell there. Because my argument to him was, well, well, look at criminals. Criminal, I've seen, I, I've known some like hardcore criminals who are great family men. And he goes, yeah, but they were good criminals. <laughs> right. They were they were criminals with a code. I mean, they, they yeah. were good criminals. So yeah, in his argument, I'm like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, it's funny you it's funny you mentioned that, Kevin, because that's exact. So I do sales for a living on my day job, and it's uh, we take these. Uh, if anyone's familiar with Grant Cardone, the, we we take his courses, and and we've spoken to him, and we do his, his one of his trainers trains our sales team every week, and I I'm always the guy that goes against what what Grant does, what Grant says, because he says people don't have to like you, they don't have to. I'm like the reason why I have clients that have been with me for six years even when things don't work is because they trust me and they like me because they know I'm not going to screw them over that we do everything we possibly can to make things work for them. So it's my, I, I completely agree with you, Kevin, there's products in my life where I've, I've met owners of products or people that, that work for the company as a higher up that I just don't like that. I will stop giving them my money. So yeah. I, I think that that's a, that's a, that's the real grassroots of sales. Like let people know the kind of person you are, who you are, and then you can be like, oh, by the way, I, I also do this. You know, I, I like that methodology. It's it's definitely, um, it's definitely a great way to go, and for long lasting business as well, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it, it's it's easy to be nice, and uh, you know, it, it's it's hard. You know, it's hard work to be a, a dick. I think you know some some of these guys that are that are that you know we see them in the on all the uh, the social media groups and the forums. You know the these these either these brand owners or these you know just these regular cigar guys that are just always trolls they're always jerks that's that's a hard job you know it's a hard job to always be a jerk always looking for that comment uh, to 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 see if someone you know uh, you know meant something else or whatever it is but to be a nice guy and just have fun at this that's easy that just it's too easy to do that you know so just why, why not do it well on that note, before we go to the power, who's in the wind tunnel? That's a good question. Sorry, it's me. I'm running. <laughs> oh, we obviously don't have a pre-recorded video today. Clearly. No, we do. We do. So, I had a mini, running from? I had a mini emergency. I had a mini emergency here, <laughs> and I had to run into the other room to grab the dog. Listen, the dogs, that one of my dogs oh, is like vindictive against my children. And she shits in their room. And I looked and they weren't on the bed next to me because my wife left the damn door open. And I ran back there to grab them. And then I heard you saying, on that note, I'm like, oh, shit, we're going to go to break. <laughs> so I ran as fast as I could to get back here. Well, listen, <laughs> you know, we're talking about, you know, how hard it is to it is a full time job if your job is to be a troll and whatever. Um, but, yeah. you know, I want to get more into Kevin's media role and what's happened in media and, uh, you know, uh, we're going to get more into that right after this break, so don't go anywhere. Keep it lit. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. With Altadis rich in profound history, it only makes sense to showcase one of their popular cigars after Mr. Henry Clay. 
receiving a top 10 spot in Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars, the Henry Clay Warhawk has top-notch construction while boasting with complex flavors. Cloaked in an Ecuadorian Connecticut shade wrapper with a Connecticut broadleaf binder and a Nicaraguan Criollo fillers, this medium to full-body smoke has flavor notes of toasted almonds, earth, and a peppery finish that pairs nicely with a lemonade. It is available in three sizes, Corona, Robusto, and Toro. If you're looking for a cigar that has an abundance of flavor and history, then this 95-rated Henry Clay Warhawk is the cigar for you. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. <laughs> Welcome back to Hour 2 of KMA Talk Radio, Episode 417. Today our special guest is Kevin Shahan of Cigar Prop. Um, were you trying not to wake someone up during that commercial, Paul? Maybe very low, very Maybe. low. Yeah, yeah. I, I could, I couldn't, I could barely hear like every other I word. Know. I know. I the realize best that we can now. afford, Kevin. The best yeah. we can afford. Were you trying not to wake the kids up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. That you was uh, that was the same night as the shower, but the shower is way far removed from where the kids are. So, 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 so we have these now mics that you can you can. Bluetooth or whatever, however they connect, but you, they're the lapel mics that work with an iPhone. I'm gonna have Brian order you one, so that if you're okay. away, you don't have to wake up the kids or God forbid, wake up the dogs. <laughs> KMAWines.com. That's all we need to say. KMA. I talked to them. I talked to them this week. By the way, we're we're gonna get some more. Uh, we're gonna get some more wine in. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Good stuff. Well, nice for you guys, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I get the short end of that stick. Yeah, you really do. I feel bad. <laughs> Not that bad, but I feel bad. I feel like I should be doing the advertisements. My name's Alex, and I haven't had a drink in 11 years. But if I did, <laughs> it would be by yeah. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Uh, we could do that. That would be funny. If I did, I wouldn't waste my money on crap wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would drink butter wine. That, that's uh, you guys gave it away, but that would have made a good skit. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll find something. I got to record more. That was the only I only had two pre-recorded ones, so that's it. I couldn't well, do. I tried doing one. I tried I doing told one. Them you should have went out to where the giraffes were and done it out in Disney. I I tried. It was just, it just was not working. I told he, him those pins. He should have been like that guy from the insane asylum went under the thing where the elephants were and did like a Bonner's wine. There you <laughs> That's Disney. There's no chance of getting near those animals. So, Kevin, when you started doing your YouTube reviews and interacting with everybody for your product, did you was it in your mind that you would become an, a hardcore and, and, and focus so much on really becoming a media person in the cigar industry? That not not at all. I mean, that that was in nowhere in the back of my mind that I would ever do an interview, have a live show, um, uh, have a, a popular Instagram, uh, TikTok, all that. That was just, that was never, never in, in my mind that, that I ever thought that any of this would happen at all. At what moment did you realize, because look, Kevin and I are actually, we talk often, probably every week. And, you know, Kevin's personality, even my personality, because, you know, we had, you have growing pains. You don't realize how big the reach starts to get. And I think Kevin kind of, you know, stepped in it a couple of times, making comments that kind of got taken bad. Because when you're in your own little microcosm, you can do a lot of things, and you're 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 basically surrounded by people who 
understand you and have like-minded, but as your reach grows, you know, we, we, we get it all the time. We, we used to get in so much trouble with our um, hot weekly deals because there were always parodies. And right, right. We were very ambitious with some of these parodies early on, and then we would get like hundreds of emails. How dare you? And like, what? What do we do? And you know, <laughs> it, it would happen. It happened two or three times. I remember one year we did, it was a Robin Williams tribute, and we had done like a James Gandolfini tribute. You know, the, our Hot Weekly deals is usually it, it's it's our tool, it's our vehicle to weed out skews that are slow and we're probably not going to no longer carry on the shelves. So we sell this stuff pretty much either at cost or even at a loss sometimes. And when we did the Robin Williams sample, I'll never forget, I was in North Carolina and I was on vacation and my phone started blowing up. And some of the media guys at the time were calling me, dude, dude everybody's going nuts. What'd you do? I, said, well, I don't know what happened. Well, you did that Robin Williams and everybody just started accusing us of trying to trying to uh, make a dollar on Robin Williams' death. And we literally got 15 to 1,600 emails. And I spent the whole like next day and a half replying to every. <laughs> single email explaining how this is a tribute. He was one of my favorite actors. You know, we were paying homage to him. And I, and I, I ain't going to lie, out of all the emails I sent, I think only two people like still said, you're still a dick and your company sucks and we're never... <laughs> but, it, you know, it's funny because what's interesting about that story is that it's not like that was the first memorial... No! It was third or fourth or fifth one. Just something about... Robin Williams that rubbed people in the wrong way. Well, I think it's because yeah. the way it happened and whatnot. But yeah, it got taken in a way we never saw it coming. And I know Kevin, you know, I, I think a couple times, you know, you had some controversial statements that you you made because as you grow, you don't realize your audience is changing and it's reaching. You know, and at what point did you really start to realize that you're just not a little guy, you know, broadcasting in a room anymore? <laughs> you know, it, it really was. It, you know, it was Battle of the Bands. You know, when uh, when when you when you asked me to do that, when you when you called me one day, it was uh, you know, which was just a, a year ago. It was like, wow, you know, it's like uh, I, I'm I'm going against the uh, five of the uh, um, or four of the other biggest guys in the world. You know, so you know, I had to take a step back and be like, this is like th this this is the start you know of you know what could be become something a lot bigger and it has since then you know i mean yeah we we were really well known we had our show before then but but that was really the antithesis of a um of just that was our you know our launching point and uh, and yeah i mean i i kind of miss some of the days when i could say whatever i want you know i could share a meme from chrissy critchfield um uh, and and not get you know, not have people like oh hey you know that that was you know that's mean you know and it's just like all right so now everything <laughs> we now everything we kind of say on social media or things that we share you know i kind of got to take a step back and be like okay so could this possibly irritate anybody and sometimes i still post it um but uh the majority sure, sure. of the times I, I don't we just that during the election cycle we didn't get into it i think i i said like two different things or shared two different memes and instantly got blown out of proportion. I deleted them after like an hour, and I'm like, "All right, so this is this is where I can't go. I, I can't go politics. Um, um, I, I you know religion. I, I love you know. Like I said I'm not a religious guy, but uh, I, I love talking religion. I can have Same those here. good good conversations with people. Um, and I've ha I've dedicated whole whole shows um, about religious religion, talking with with various people. Um, but yeah, so you just you just gotta be gotta be careful, you know. So yeah, battle of the bands is when I kind of knew that 
I was I, I had become big, I guess is what you know what you'd say. But but really, it was um, um, what started us off was the original Red Meat Lovers Club launch down and uh, um, down with you, Abe. Uh, and then uh, reached out to Steve Saka. We had kind of interacted online a little bit. And then um, um, uh, he, he agreed to do an interview with me. And we talked. He told an amazing story. Instantly, and it's still to this day, my number one viewed video on YouTube. I didn't and, know uh, that. Yeah, yeah it was, uh, that, was, that was the start. So that interview with Steve Saka at the original Red Meat Lovers Club, that was the start. Of, of the, the social media world. Like I said, that was right there and told me that I knew how to interview people. I knew how to um, uh, uh, interact on camera. Um, and it just, and we just grew from there. You know, so yeah, that was, I was at the dinner with Evan Darnell yep. at, at his club, at his clubhouse. I remember that. Yep. Yep. That was it. That was uh that was the night that really was the, the very first night of, uh, of the cigar prop social media, um, world where that got started. Well, I, you know, the problem where we went into a lot too is because look, when you start with a smaller core group, people actually know you on a personal level, right? They know yeah. who you are, how you are, how you think, where you're really coming from. But as your audience grows and your reach grows, you really inter start interacting with people who really don't know you that deeply as a person. So stuff that normally wouldn't get misconstrued starts getting misconstrued, and that's yeah. what happens. You know, and, and luckily we, we get a lot of people that like, I'll, I'll say something that gets misconstrued. I'll get a little uh, a pushback. Then luckily, luckily enough, I'll get other people that will chime in within that thread and be like, oh, hey, you know, you know, listen, you know, I, you know, like we got Bill Ragone in the chat panel. Bill Ragone will chime in. Hey, that, that's 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 my boy that, you know, you don't know him. You know, you know, you need you need to step back. So we, we get a, a very loyal following that will stick up for me. Or if something is said about me into a group that, I, that doesn't get back to me or I don't see right away, you know, and then I, I'll see it days later or a week later. And, and, and it's very touching to where all these people will, will stick up for me and say something, you know, say something like, Hey, he's a good dude. If you have a problem, you, you need to, you need to reach out to him, you know, personally. And some people have, and we've had great conversations with, you know, personally, and I've had people call me up, you know, I'm like, hey, this is this is where I was coming from on on that. You know, so this is my experience, or you know, whatever brought me to to make that statement. And uh, um, luckily, for the most part, um, <clears throat> I don't have too many too many haters out there. But you know, it's you know, but but it's you're, you're about the more the, the more popular you get. You know, you look at Sokka. You know, you you either love Sokka or you you're, you don't like Sokka. You know, from what he says. You know, but. But the people that 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 love them will will fall on the sword for them. The people that hate them will look for any reason, you know, to to bash him. Yeah, I think that's the way it gets. It gets yeah, he's a very polarizing guy, though. He wants it that way. Yeah, true. He, he wants to be the way he wants to be, and you know, either you like it or he he don't care. Yeah, right. And it's it's, it's a great level of freedom doing it that way yeah it, it really is you know when, when you get got to his level you know um he, he doesn't care you know it's it, you know it's like oh you're not gonna buy my cigars anymore good because that other guy that can't find my cigars he wants more of my cigars <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 him in a nutshell for sure yeah hey uh quick quick side note i i wanted to do a test 
so uh, I figured, you know, what, what better cigar to do with Tess than a Padron? I, I, I can't taste a damn thing. Nothing. Nothing. Oh, no. Not, no, a, not, not a little spice in the no, nothing. No, you're nothing. not missing. You're not missing anything. It's the strangest sensation in the world. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. So you. So it's like. Alex, so when you when you put the smoke in your mouth, it's like huh. you don't have anything in your mouth at all. I can wow. feel it, but there's just there's no nothing, taste. Nothing, nothing, zero. It is the strangest, wow. thing. strangest thing. I hope this doesn't last long. Yeah. No <laughs> I'm gonna buy you. I have, listen. My wife has a basket full of essential oils here. I'll yeah. bring some over for you. Just start smelling them and imagining pictures of peppermint leaves. Yeah. Now, now the now the only good thing with that, Alex, from other people that that I've talked to in the cigar world that have lost their their taste of uh or their their sense of taste. If when you're it, when, a bad cook. When, no, when when it comes back, cigars are uh, at least for the first few cigars are it's amazing. Both, uh, right. Right. Like, like, sure. like just just all of these flavors, things that you've never experienced, and it's just. Right. It's just a whole bunch. I'm like, now that would Hopefully be it comes back. Yeah, it's such a strange, strange yeah. sensation. Very weird. I was going to say, you know, for guys who got wives who are really horrendous cookers, that could be useful. Oh, yeah. Very, yeah. Useful, very useful tool. Oh, I'd lose so much weight, actually, if I couldn't taste anything. I, that would be great. I'd just eat salad all the time. I bet with you, no dressing. I bet you still eat. <laughs> Visual is still very much a part of eating. I, maybe, but and I texture, really I, absolutely. Well, yeah. and, 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 and it's sustenance too. I mean, you need fuel, so I mean, you still got to eat your proteins, and you know. Yeah, but I'll eat. I'll eat just the the healthy crap that I don't. You know, I won't. I wouldn't eat. What am I going to eat chocolate for if I you're can't so, taste it? You're so full of shit, Paul. Yeah, I don't know, man. I got. Listen, I'm almost thinking maybe I should get this thing. I don't know. Yeah, I, think <laughs> yeah. I, I could lose a quick fifty. Yeah, or you could die. Um, oh, so, uh, yeah, you could be, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you, is a downside. You never find another producer to work at your price. So probably, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't, don't do anything drastic. Who are you kidding? Quentin would jump in here for free in a heartbeat. Just give him a couple of five packs once in a while. He'd be sad. He really, he really couldn't do much worse. So I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Kevin, <clears throat> we have a segment sponsored by Avo Cigars called As the Record Spins where Eddie Guerra has posed some interesting questions for our featured guest every week. And uh, we're going to see how the record spins with you right now. I love that song. I don't know what it is about that song, but I like find myself sitting here doing like the music. Yeah, I like that. There you go. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send it to you so you can have it as a ringtone for your phone. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Now all my ringtones are Disney theme park sounds. Oh, of course, God. of course they are. <laughs> all right, you ready, Kev? Yeah. Your question from Avo Cigars as the record spins is: If you had to live. In another period, time period in human history, which would it be and why? Uh, it would be uh, the future. I would want to live. Is that is that a, is that an answer? The future, yeah, the, sure. because sure. the because the past is horrible. Uh, everything about the past sucks. Um, uh, yeah, I would definitely want to live in the future. Uh, um, maybe but like you know, a, you know, the future will eventually be the past. 
Yes. Yeah. But I, I want to I be there now, you know, it's like the future, you know, I want the flying cars. I want, you know, cause, cause I mean, people always say, you know, people give dumb answers all the time. Like I would want to live in the Victorian era and experience all this stuff or the industrial revolution, or I want to, I want to be a pirate sailing the high seas. Yeah. You know what? Every, people stunk back then. Um, it's horrible. <laughs> there was no air conditioning. Um, I have, I, whenever, whenever air conditioning was invented, that's, that day is as far back in history as I want to go. Um, <laughs> that, that's it. I like my creature comforts. I like phones and technology and I like stuff. You know, I'm, I'm huge into steampunk. Jessica and I love the Victorian era. Uh, we that's like why I wanted to give you this question, Kevin, because I know yeah. that you, that you're really big into steampunk. So I wanted to see where you would go with this. Yeah. You know, but you know, um, uh, um, but women, I mean, nobody bathed every day. Um, I, I'm assuming like that was before razors were really invented. So a lot like women didn't, do you get where I'm going? Women didn't shave a lot. Um, armpits, hair, legs, you know? Um, so yeah, and it's everything, everybody was smelly. Um, you dumped your, your poop out onto the street. Um, Cause you were squatting in a bucket. No, as much as I would like to visit the Victorian era, for a cigar for the day, I, I wouldn't want to live there. No, it's always the future where the air conditioning is colder. Probably, <laughs> it's it's funny. It's funny because I've always said that you know the guy who invented air conditioning and soda, where were they? Yeah. If they yeah. Well, wait. I said if they weren't given a Nobel Prize, an injustice and a travesty happened because those, like, I think were like the two greatest inventions. I think soda and the air conditioner. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, whenever those were invented, that that's as far back in time as I want to go. No, you know, and 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 like live. Yeah, no, you know, you, you just no nobody lived. Yeah, I don't want to go back into a time where if you were twenty eight, you were an old man. Yeah, no, right. no, yeah. That that's not that's not for me. I you know I want to. I think the sixties. I think the sixties and seventies would have been cool. No nah, hippies. A lot of patchouli. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not I'm, yeah, I'm not digging on the uh, the hippies. The 60s, no. Uh, the 70s, eh, not really. I mean, the, the 80s seemed pretty cool. I was, I, I was, I was young. I was three. I was three in 1980, but um, um, still, still not a time. I mean, it's a uh, um, today is no matter what people say, uh, they always say, oh, today, you know. And, and and my parents said it. My grandparents said it. Great grandparents. This is always like the worst time to raise a child. Always, without in the history of man. The time you were living in was always the worst time, except for today. Today is the greatest time to be alive. We have more technology, more opportunity, uh, more, you know, we can do anything we want today. You know, I said, if you want to start a small business, if you want to yeah, travel, if you want to do, do anything, it just, the, the world is your oyster uh, today. I know, but. Go ahead, Abe. As a, Abe, Abe is going to. Yeah. As a parent, I just feel like I have a multitude of more obstacles that I have to deal with in trying to raise my children to be good human beings and you know productive in society than, than my parents had to deal with raising me. You know, that's that's the only downside of technology. Technology is good for functionality, but I don't think it works well as far as culture and 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 and, and um, society. I don't think it's it's beneficial for society. Yeah, but, but I mean, there's always the give and take. Like, you don't have to worry about your kids dying of polio either. So, I mean, there's the give I agree. I agree. But, like, you know, when you think of how we were raised, you know, you know I, I'm dealing with crap that my parents, like, 
wouldn't imagine to try to deal with raising us as kids. You know, I mean, kids are learning shit at six years old now, like it's nothing. You know, because the 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 way information you can't control any information is just coming from everywhere, everywhere. But it was always there. It was always there. You just got it in different ways, and it's more accessible now, I guess. It's way more accessible. And then, those yeah. problems were always there. I know, but this means they were there. But let me just tell you something. When you your kid, when you give me another eight years, and wait till you see what your kids come home from school talking about. Right. Right. Seriously, wait till you hear what they come home talking about, and you're like, "Who's talking about this?" Everybody, really? At eight years old? I mean, you're gonna you're gonna be shocked. I, I feel like your house, your house. I mean, I've been to your house a, a number of times, but I feel like your house is kind of like Tony Soprano's house, where he's like, "Well, that's where you're confused." Out there, it's 2021, but in this house, it's 1955. <laughs> Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Listen, we don't tell them. We don't tell them. To, look, here's the problem: you do an injustice if you don't teach them to be critical thinkers. So it's never about telling them what to think. You just want you just want them to be able to think. And, 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 and use, you know, not just be a sheep guided by all their peers and other yeah. kids, you know. So it's the constant battle. And my oldest daughter goes to a school of the arts, which is even worse. You know, I mean. Because they're all free thinkers. <laughs> a, a little too free. And, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, that's, that's how I grew up. And, and, and but, you know, she seems to have maintained a really good balance and, and a tethered to earth still a little bit. And, and, and sees the sometimes insanity of what's going on with her peers and uh, kind of proud of her in that sense, you know, so hopefully you'll stay and hopefully you'll transcend to the other three. I was just going to say, that's one down. Yeah. 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 Three yeah. To go. yeah. Hopefully you'll transcend. Well, listen, in, in the words of um, who's that famous Mexican comedian, oh, uh, uh, Mencia. Yeah. That's why my parents had 13 kids. It was probability. They figured <laughs> It was probability. Oh, maybe I should get on more. <laughs> no, listen, if, if you only have one kid, man, you got one shot. Yeah. And, it, and it's funny. Sometimes when I get really mad or really disappointed, I say, well, at least I got three more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I say that right to them. Uh, at least we got your other brothers and sisters. Maybe one yeah. of them. <clears throat> so, uh, Speaking of uh, of hard times, Kevin, you you and your wife had a had a had a dif- difficult time in the beginning of the pandemic, right? I, I wanted to ask you about that the situation at your house because yeah. you you were both essential workers, right? Yeah, yeah, we were both essential workers. Uh, we we couldn't we couldn't stop working, um, which which thankfully you know uh, we're not rich by any means, so you know it was nice you know to be able to continue to work. But yeah. with with two two younger kids at home, and, and a lot of people know that that Wyatt has Down syndrome, so he has a compromised mm-hmm. immune system. Um, Gabby has Asperger's, um, so um, uh, we didn't want to bring home anything to the kids because Jessica's parents, you know, help watch the kids when you know uh, days here and there when when uh, when we need them. So right. and they're and they're older, they're retired, so we we couldn't bring home anything for the kids. Because Wyatt doesn't just get sick, Wyatt gets really sick, and then with right. you know, uh, his grandparents, you know that they're they're at risk for you know when when older people get anything, you know the flu, you know a common yeah. cold that can be a risk. So um, we made the decision to um, uh, in talking with her parents, and they really brought it up that they wanted to take the kids for a little bit because nobody knew where the world was going. 
Um, so we, we lost the kids for 60 days. Um, wow. and, and I was uh, going to ask how long it was. I did. Yeah, it, it, it was, it was, a, it was a couple of months and, uh, and Jessica, she had never been away from the kids ever, you know? And, uh, so just to be, just had to FaceTime every single day, sometimes twice a day and just getting right. caught up with the kids. And it was, it was devastating for, for her. Now me as a, a dad, you know, where the, I knew where the kids are. They're, they're in a safe place. They're, they, they've got a roof over the head. They're, you know, actually, they, they, they live in a, a nicer house than they lived in here. They had a pool on the water, <laughs> you know, a boat, you know. So for them, it was the, the greatest summer vacation. Of, it's like going to a resort for a couple of months. Um, but, um, but yeah, so as a dad, I was able to separate myself from my feelings on that and just know that they were taken care of. So, so as much as I miss them, you know, I knew they were, you know, I knew they, they, were, they were in good hands. But Jessica, you know, being a, a mom, moms are, you know, that's, you know, that's the bind, you know, that they're the children. So she had, yeah. she had the, the most difficult time. When, when and why did you decide to bring them home? You know, it, it, it got to the point to where, you know, it was uh, um, I, like nothing was changing. You know, we, we knew that, you know, mask worked. Um, mm -hmm. like I said it was, uh, I mean, it wasn't this global catastrophe. It, it, it was. But it wasn't, you know, you you heard the these Orwellian, you know, you know, thoughts of like the, the world's gonna come crumbling down and right, 10 right. million 10 million people were gonna die and you know, one out of every three people were gonna contract COVID. And and then after right. a couple of months when we realized that really wasn't the case, it was still bad, but at least there were measures that that we knew we could do and take to where we could keep the kids safe, keep our parents safe and uh you know, and, and, and the world never did come crumbling down. So, right. Right. Um, so yeah, so we were able to bring them back home and I'm, and luckily I mean, hats off good. to you guys, hats off to you guys for being able to do that. And, and thankfully you, you had her parents there to be able to do that. And I mean, like you said, you feel lucky that you, that you guys were able to keep your jobs because so many people did, did lose jobs, but it, it had to be tough on you. And I, I, I think you posted the video when they, when, when they first came home, right. Was it, and yeah, the yeah, dogs they, were going crazy. Oh, you guys, uh, yeah, our, our crazy. dog, our dog Stella and and Wyatt, they're they're best friends. You know, they're, yeah. they're absolute best friends. I mean, just the 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 the, the bond between them is uh, is unbreakable. So she was more excited, I think, than Jessica. You know, I think I think I remember <laughs> like she pushed Jessica out of the way, and there's Stella greeting the uh, greeting her babies. So oh, it, wow. it was a, it was a good it was a good a good moment. Wow. Well, listen, before we bring on Coop, um, you know, everybody's very familiar with the great work you do today. And I, I always like going back in time to see how things compare, how we used to do things 20 years ago. And now Paul's got a video from one of your earlier uh, review. <laughs> Let, let's take a look at that and compare it to the work you're doing now. Hi, everybody. Today I'd like to show you a couple different scarves I made on my Nifty Knitter round blue loom. I got tired of utilizing just the, the standard e-wrap uh, for making all my scarves. It got a little boring even though they are nice so I decided to incorporate the purl stitch in on a couple of my scarves. This video is not a tutorial. I'm going to show you how to do an e-wrap or how to do a purl stitch. God! <laughs> I am, you know, and, and that and that video right there is still the number one video on YouTube on how to use that nifty knitter loom. 
So well, it's uh, got like 117,000 views, I think. Or oh, yeah. It, it, like it, 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 and when I was doing that, there was only two dudes, two dudes on YouTube knitting, uh, uh, loom knitting. It was me and one other guy. That was it. Oh, there's a lot of dudes now knitting. My wife. Oh, yeah, yeah. There, yeah, there's a lot lot of dudes now. But, but, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of dudes. Yeah, and they make their own patterns. They sell them, and my wife follows all of them, man. But I, I now, how far back are we going with that? That, that this video i i don't know um that's i think be it was i could tell you i think it was yeah. eight years ago eight yeah i was gonna say like seven years so eight eight years ago yeah so wow. yeah i think it was posted it was posted eight years ago according to your uh yeah according now, to your youtube channel who was your influence that got you into knitting I, I, I wanted to make a scarf um I, I when you when you buy a scarf i i wanted a long one nobody made a scarf that was 12 feet long and I'm like, ah, oh, it sucks. I want a big long scarf. So um, um, I made a, I made like a 12 foot long scarf for myself, and then started. I'm like, oh, I saw some other ones with some cool patterns, but nobody was doing like like certain patterns that I really wanted. So reaching out, there was a scarf community, and I'm like, hey, how do you do this? And people are like, well, you really can't do that, you know, on the loom that you're doing. And uh, and once again, you know, if you tell me I can't, there's something can't be done. You know, so there are certain patterns that I invented that, that people still use to this day that probably have no idea, you know, that I was the person that invented that that pattern or that technique um, of, of doing a scarf or a neck warmer or something like that. So, yeah, I just wanted a big ass scarf. So I just made it myself. Do okay. you do you still knit? Yeah, I still I've, I've got a scarf uh, beside my bed right now that I work on, you know, every now and then. So yeah, still, still do it, still love it, and it's uh, I don't get as much time as uh, as I used to, but um, it, it's fun. Just to clarify, you live in Florida, so there's not really much use for scarf for especially like wool scarves, right? I mean, you know, so, sometimes when being cool means being uncomfortable. Um, so uh, you know, so yeah, you know, it's a. Uh, you know, when you have a badass motorcycle, um, that's almost impossible to drive because it's just so uncomfortable and your back hurts. But uh, but it's cool. You look cool on it, you know, so you ride it. You know, same thing with having a, a scarf, you know, in the wintertime and it's, you know, 80 degrees out. You know, you look pretty badass. So, you know, you wear a scarf. Okay. All right. I, I like the look of a scarf. Don't get me wrong. I've worn them. I've been known to wear them. But usually yeah. when it's cold. Yeah, uh, or or you wear those like those silky scarf on well, that scene. Now I'm gonna have Alex all over me. No, but no, you that... can wear like a silky scarf, like a like a light scarf for for. No, no, that, that's like a Fred Rui thing. He can, Fred Fred could do that. That's the aristocrat. Yeah, it must be an ascot. Yeah, <laughs> I do yeah. own an ascot now yeah. for the Bonner Private Wine videos. <laughs> When's the last time you knitted something? Uh, I, I I'm in the middle of knitting a scarf right now. Oh come on, we gotta see it. Um, nearby? Uh, I, I, what's that? You're nearby? Yeah, I can go grab it. Hold on. Oh yeah, my, right. my, my wife has all these half knitted projects lying around her house. She'll make a blend. <laughs> Someone's having a baby. You know, your new baby's going to be getting something knitted. She does it all the time. I, I never knew that she knitted. I had no clue. hardcore. Knitting. Yeah, she's a knitter. Hardcore knitting. I never, never knew that about her. See, you learn something new every day. When she gets into a project, we there's no socializing for like a month or two at night. She's like done. Tim, Tim, I'm with you too. And but I guess you could buy cashmere yarn to make cashmere scarves. I have a cashmere scarf here. I haven't worn it since I moved to Florida. 
Um, He's doing one. I, I can't. Some of the comments. I, when, funny. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Suffer for style. Oh, Michael Herklotz. There he is. Of course. We're talking about scarves. Absolutely. And Michael Herklotz. Here's Kevin. He's back. The scarf. So, so, yeah. So, we've got here, – here's one that, that, you know, I'm getting ready to change colors on it. So, but, yeah, here's here's one that, that I've got going right now. So, you now see that, the, the, That's a scarf? Yeah. That, that I like hollow tube scarves. I don't like okay. flat scarves. So, okay. so I so it's like a double scarf, and it keeps you uh, it keeps you warmer. So I like the uh, I like the hollow tube scarves, and uh, um, they're just they're a little more difficult to to make, but I think they just come out a lot nicer. Could and you make Could you make a Ferriotago colored scarf for Michael Herklotz, who's watching right now? Um, I probably could. You know, like I said I've I've done like a, my I made one for my dad that was a scarlet and gray for the Buckeyes, and I've done a couple different couple different ones so yeah i'm so excited right now that it actually warms my heart how excited <laughs> Paul is. yeah so yeah so i'll have to, I'll have to look into that for for michael i'm trying to think of, of of other times i've worn a i mean i guess you wear a scarf when you go to soccer games you know when i would go to red bulls games in new york i, I have a red bull scarf i never wore a scarf in my life till i moved to florida and then after many years would go back to chicago for a winter and you yeah. need it, right? Yeah, yeah. Because growing up in Chicago, you never. Yeah, I never wore gloves. I mean, it's like you know, he's like, yeah, we got it, no problem. Then right, you have right. the acclimates coming down here, and now like forty degree weather is brutal. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So, all right. Well, it's that time. Let's see where our man Coop has got going on this weekend. Do we? Do we know where he's at? Is he? Uh, I, he, I think he's. You've been totally in the studios lately, so they're, they're, yeah, uh, because because of the internet issues yeah, that he's he had getting, in the other parts of the house. Right, I think he's been doing that, but we'll we'll run his uh, we'll run his little intro. Hey, y'all, what's my theme music? The scoop with Coop, breaking industry news here at first on KMA Talk Radio and Cigar Coop.com. Good morning, there everybody. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Wait, Paul, you wore scarves to Red Bulls games? Yeah, because that's a soccer thing, man. I have, I probably have it here somewhere, but yeah, I, I wore like a, a Red Bull scarf. When I lived up in New York, I went to plenty of Red Bulls games. I never saw anyone in a scarf. I mean, maybe I'm missing well, something. Because you never saw Paul. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see. I didn't see those elite that. boxes that Paul was sitting in. Probably right, right. sky boxes. <laughs> you know, I, I did work right. in minor league baseball, so I never paid for a sports ticket in my life until I left that industry. Actually, so I, I didn't. No, I sat in the regular stands, though. <laughs> I sat close. Don't get me wrong, but right, it was fun. Right. I mean, I went yeah. to the old Cosmos games before that, and I mean, we just people were just dressed in flags and stuff like that back. Cosmos then. versus the Chicago Sting. Oh, what a rivalry! And you guys always seem to have a way to beat us too. Otto Marheidek, Carl Heitz, Granitsa. Yeah, I just yeah. dated myself like decades. <laughs> decades. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, wow, I didn't know Abe. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> well, you know, we grew up. We, Chicago thing was a, was a, it was actually popular when we were growing up. You know, it yeah. became more popular when they went to indoor. You know, the outdoor was very hard to get excited about. You know, the, the American culture didn't get it or have the patience for it. But when the indoor league started, it even got more popular. And those two guys were always like the all-stars. of. I, I think they were like all-stars of the whole league, not just Chicago. Pato Marhedek and Carl Heitzgrenitsa. And then, yeah. uh, then the sport just died. 
Yeah, well, Cosmos were owned by Time Warner, and they had a ton of money. And when Time Warner sold the team, they, the money wasn't there anymore. And Chicago really kind of took over as that next. They won two championships uh, yeah. in the last four years of the league. So they were a very good team. Shit I, think the, I think the Cosmos are returning or have returned, haven't they? They've returned, but it's not at an MLS level. So MLS no, right. is like okay. not Major League Soccer. It's kind of like a, a Division Two or minor. Really? Yeah. Sure. They tried to get. I guess some, the MLS tried to get the name and couldn't come up with an agreement on it. Hmm. All right. Yeah, they are. They do exist because I've seen people go. They to do. Games yeah. They, they right. are it's back. Like a, it's like a minor league type of soccer thing now. Yep. The, the name's still out there. All right, Coop. What's going on this week? So it actually was a really busy week of cigar news, right? Um, so these are the main. These are some of the main headlines, and I think the big one, uh, the big story of the week was the news out of Ferry Otago, uh, signing the distribution deal with Davidoff of Geneva. So uh, I think most folks know Ferry Otago is the company started by former Nat Sherman employees uh, Michael Herklotz and Brendan Scott, and um, the news came on Tuesday that Davidoff is going to be handling uh, their sales, distribution, and the fulfillment piece. Uh, effective immediately right now. I can't say I saw this one coming. I didn't, um, but I think it's a. I think it's an interesting move for both both sides. I think there's a lot of positives you can look at this. It obviously gives Ferrio Tago, which is the company that's going to be selling the former brands from Nat Sherman International in their portfolio. It gives them a ready-made sales team, uh, an experienced sales team out of the gate to go. So uh, I just, just want to be. I just want to be clear on this because there's been some confusion. Is it just a fulfillment deal? Or are they actually going to be selling the brand for them? They're going to be selling the brand for them. The, and, the, and you're sure on that? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and Michael's in the room. He can correct me, but no, I'm definitely sure on that. Um, yeah, they're going to be they're going to be selling it. Oh, because it was announced at their sales meeting. That they, this uh-huh. this announcement happened at the Davidoff sales meeting on Tuesday. And uh, you know, here's the interesting thing about Michael. You know, Michael has a prior relationship with Davidoff. As people know, he he ran the two uh, stores in New York City about ten years ago. Davidoff still makes one of the Nat Sherman lines, which is the Metropolitan Host. So there's kind of a connection there. There's already a little bit of synergy. So I think the parties know each other, and um, I think they're going to be able to go to war together, knowing uh, knowing uh, each other well. So I think they're two allies there. Very interesting. What else is going on, Coop? All right. Uh, I think. Uh, Post getting out of the pandemic uh, is coming, and uh, some news came out of Drew State that the barn smoker events are re- restarting up this week. So uh, not this, this uh, later this year. So there's going to be three barn smoker events. Uh, there's going to be one in Con- one in Connecticut, one in Kentucky, and one in Florida. Um, they normally have five, but they're going to do three. They're going to start in August. The tickets have gone on sale already at barnsmoker.com. I believe you can still get some of those. So. Um, those are, you know, those are the, they have, uh, basically it's kind of going on a day on a tobacco farm in each of these areas right now. Kind of a little under the covers what's happening here, though, with Drew Estate, too. They've started telling their sales force that they're going to be getting back on the road. So you're going to start seeing in a gradual fashion the Drew Estate sales teams start to go into stores in, in June. They're not all going to go on the road at the same time. They're not, you know, but they're going to gradually start supporting stores and events in June. Um, and then, obviously, they probably will be much more in full force by the barn smoker events. They're also dividing the barn smoker events into two-day events instead of one-day events. The idea is to have less people uh, in, in, uh, at the events. So kind of doing it into two groups instead of one big group. 
Except okay. the except the Kentucky Barn Smoker. The Kentucky Barn Smoker will be a one day event. Correct. So that's, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah that, that's the correct. yeah. That's yes. the only yes. one that yes. will be a one day. That is correct. Yes. That is correct. So yeah. Oh, uh, and they're not having Louisiana or Pennsylvania this year, which has been ones they've had in the past. Interesting. Well, listen. It's good to see society starting to shift back to normal, which is great news for us because you know we're we're definitely. Our direction at this point is 100% to have a physical event for the Great Smoke in 2022 while incorporating, continuing to incorporate some virtual aspect of it. And, um, you know, to hear that people are starting to come back and do these uh, mega events is a good sign for us, too. Abe, are you seeing reps come into your office from other companies now? There, there are still some people like, you know, we've been having Zoom calls with Drew Estate whatnot and there are still some companies that aren't but there have been some companies who have been coming in all last year you know okay reps but a lot of them have been have been uh you know staying at home but yeah a lot more in the last i'd say 30 days 30 60 days have now been coming into the store more often a lot of them are getting vaccinated uh, and that's kind of what they're waiting for yeah yeah um I think we're starting to see it a lot, too, right now. I don't know if you heard the other news that came out of uh, the TPE trade show, which is happening next month, but TPE actually announced that they're going to be the first trade show at the Las Vegas Convention Center when it kind of reopens for conventions. So I thought that was kind of an interesting thing that the cigar industry is going to kick off uh, the restart of the convention business in Vegas uh, that week. Yeah, and when, what I've heard, too, and I heard it through the grapevine, nothing direct. Maybe you've, maybe you've heard something else, but... I heard the PCA is like 100% now locked and locked and loaded for Vegas this year. Um, yeah, I mean, there's been there's, uh, that's what I'm hearing. There was some buzz that they may try to push it to October. I don't think that's happening right now from the people I've been talking to. I think everything's pointing to July. Uh, I will be in Vegas uh, for PCA. I will not be there for TPA, uh, and it was just too tight a window to get get my vaccines complete and go to TP, but but yeah, I will be a PCA this year in full force. So, so Eric Gutterman, you owe me five bucks. You do. Signed. Signed, Signed, right? Signed. And then hopefully one day I can get my five from Carney. It's been over a year now. Yeah, yeah. that's that's really He's oh, a vulture. He's a vulture. No, it's because he's it's because he's hiding out in his cabin in Maine this whole time. You watch his videos; he's like in the middle of the woods, in the middle of nowhere. Well, he's also been down in or he's in Orlando sometimes too. Oh, so that's right. oh, he's a big Disney. He's a big Disney guy as well, and he feels very safe. I, I, there, I think so he's like I, me. I, I don't I, think he goes. To, I think he's like me. He doesn't go to Disney at all. Yeah. What are you I'm, talking about? We he's a huge Disney fan. He used to oh yeah, work he used there. to work there. That's right. Yeah, right. You're right. He used to work there. Yeah, yeah he's there all the. Tim yeah. and I talk yeah. about it all the time. Yeah, listen. There's people in this industry that reach out to me privately that don't yeah. want me to say that they're huge Disney guys, and they ask me for Disney advice because yeah. I got uh, there's there's at least six or seven manufacturers that we've had on this show that have texted me privately that talk specifically about Disney and how they love going too, but everybody rags on them. So just throwing Paul. that out there. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. cool. Paul's the head of the little Disney like cult, you know. <laughs> All right. Right. Yeah, now, now Paul, Paul, have you ever decided to start, you know, because what's really big, um, um, which, uh, uh, which, which I, I'm on TikTok, you know, uh, it, yeah. it's fun, but there are a couple people that give, um, uh, advice on Disney on TikTok and even YouTube creating small videos, yeah. you know, on tips and tricks. You, you know, know, Paul, you should yeah. do a series of Disney tutorials from your, yeah. from your shower. Well, so yeah. 
So yeah. we, we for my shout. Actually, that would be a great twist. Yeah, well, yeah, Kevin, I have I have considered it. Actually, I have oh, a, uh, a a buddy of mine as well that we've we've talked about it. Just haven't uh, haven't pulled the trigger. But I I own a bunch of domains, and uh, there's a couple of Disney domains that I do own in case I decide to pull the trigger someday. <laughs> I'm sure, wow. the lawyer, I'm sure the Disney lawyer is going to love that when you put those out there. There's a lot of them out there. There's a lot of them. You have to. You have. You can't use the name Disney Mickey. You got to learn trademark law oh, okay. a little bit. Yeah, I, I got an announcement, Paul. I am going. I'm going to be in Orlando um, the last week of May, and I am not going to Disney. I want to. Yes, yeah, you told nice. us last I, week. I am going to Corona Cigar. That's where I'm going for my Orlando vacation. It's not far. Tanya and Jeff are like. Yeah, but it I don't need to go to Disney. You know, I could just go to I could go to Corona Cigar and have my vacation. That's what I'm doing. Now, now what, Paul, what was... uh, 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 Jessica's parents they honeymoon in Disney. <laughs> Disney had only been open for one year. Wow! So wow. so they're, they're huge. They they go to Disney. Mm-hmm. They take the kids. They get the kids a yearly passes. They go like once a month. They're always up there. But yeah, so yeah, they honeymooned in Disney. You know, it only been. I would know. love to pick their brain about that trip. What it was like. <laughs> oh, they, they just talk about the things that have changed, the photos that they've, and just everything that you know that's changed since since then. Oh yeah, it was it was mostly swampland when it opened. Yeah. What else? What else you got going on, Coop? Uh, interesting. <laughs> uh, interesting story came out yesterday. Uh, Jesse Flores, uh, the man who ran Drew, Drew State Subculture Studios. He uh, made an announcement that he is the new creative director of Mombacho Cigars. So we've been talking about Mombacho. has been making all these uh, moves over the past week. Now Jesse has announced that he is, the, um, he is the new creative director, which I found to be a very interesting move that, one, he made the announcement himself, and two is how is he going to fit in uh, his art style. who's a great artist, by the way, but it's a very uh, urban, unique type of art style. How will that fit in with Mombacho? I'm assuming we're going to see some big changes in their branding there as a result of that. Yeah, I was I was hoping you would bring that up, Coop. Um, uh, I, I'm I'm interested to see because that does not seem like um, uh, like a, a fit. But then again, where else could Jesse Flores go with his style? You know, all of the cigar companies that are out there. Where does he fit in? You know, so I, I found it. Uh, uh, interesting, like you said, that mambacho—that's um, that's a unique, unique pairing, if you will. Yeah, I mean, you're right. You know, obviously, he was going to go someplace in Nicaragua, right? Because he's a Nicaraguan yeah, artist. Yeah. Uh, mambacho, very much a part of Nicaragua uh, landscape. Uh, they're in Granada, which is kind of a little different than Esteli. But you know, if you're bringing in someone like Jesse, and Mambacho's got a, a, a branding. Which is I don't want to say tra- it's kind of more traditional. Yeah. And Jesse's got a very contemporary. So what does this mean? Why was this decision made? That's why I was a little disappointed that the that we didn't hear the announcement from Mombacho directly. Uh, maybe we'll find out more of that information in the next few weeks. But but it's clearly they're making some big changes down there now. I think the branding is going to be something you see uh, huge. And, and he's certainly a talented guy, and he's going to do well there. So. Uh, whatever they do, so I think it's uh, people love Jesse. I love Jesse, so it's exciting news there, to say the least. Oh yeah, for sure. Yep. Maybe there's a rebranding coming. I would assume something's gonna happen, or either new branding. Um, that's gonna be, you know, I I, I can't see Mombacho getting rid of that volcano. It's just kind a, of what they are. Yeah, you know? yeah. It could yeah. be a, it could be a new line altogether. Yeah. Yeah. So, might yeah. not pick any of their current work. Right. And then, you know, it's kind of a change in direction with Mombacho. Will that work for them? I think so. And they've made a ton of moves in the last, since the beginning of the year, starting with their former 
uh, founder coming back as president to Claudio leaving. Uh, we talked about Indiana Ortez coming in last week. So there's a lot of moves happening there right now. Yeah, you know, and then, you know, this definitely brings in uh, a new clientele for them. So I don't think your, your, your traditional followers of Jesse Flores are necessarily mambacho, you know, cigar smokers. Like you said, they, you know, like you said, Coop, um, they're a little bit more traditional in their, their artwork, their graphics and everything else. So, so you know, it's also a chance to bring in new, new people. Yeah, it's a great point because, you know, Jesse really connects with people. If you've yeah. met Jesse, if you've gone down to the factory, you know how he connects with people. That artwork connects with people. It's, it's really good artwork. Uh, for even an old guy like me, I appreciate that artwork. Um, and I think people, you know, love Jesse and they want to, and, you know, we see when people love someone in the cigar industry, they get behind them. Um, and it's very easy. Mombacho now is bringing someone very popular in. Uh, who's now going to be involved with the branding of the company? So I think I think it's, it was a great move for him. Kind of going to a smaller company, I think, was a good move for him. All right. Anything else, Coop? Uh, last item is um, there was some news from Sam Lesia this week. Um, he uh, he's been running Stogie Bird, which is a subscription service for a while, but he's kind of come up with an interesting concept right now. Um, he's launching a brand called Vintage Fresh, and he's going to be another. Like it's another one of these projects where he's basically going to be getting cigars from different factories. Uh, but the difference with this one is he has basically procured a ton of these vintage cigar bands um, that have been unused. And these go back, some of these bands go back 100 years. And he's going to be taking these vintage bands and putting them on these unbanded cigars. Um, and the first one's called Red Tips, which is a cigar that was blended out of Eric Espinosa's La Zona. And he had, I guess he acquired these uh, bands, uh, one of the bands is called Red Tip, so that's what's going to be put on the cigar. And that's going to be sold through here, the Stogie Bird website right now. So I thought it was an interesting move. I've never seen anyone kind of do that before um, in, in, you know, when they get these cigars from the factory. So I thought it was interesting. That is a different spin. Yeah. And what do you got going on your show this week? Uh, we have a, it's a really big week. Um, we're interviewing, we're really happy to announce this, uh, Manuel Casada. Uh, is coming on the show Thursday night. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we're very excited about that. I know a lot of people want – he doesn't do a lot of podcasts for starters. There's a lot of people who have a lot of questions, obviously, what's going on with Casado. We're going to hit all that stuff. So uh, we're real, real excited about that show. Um, when is that, Coop? What day? Thursday, uh, the 22nd, 10 p.m. I'd be interested to watch that 9 show. 9 p.m. I'm sorry, 9 p.m. We're going to start a little earlier because it's the DR, yeah. I am. Uh, Eastern. I had a very long conversation with him uh, right after the Great Smoke. He called me prior to the Great Smoke. I said, look, uh, with all due respect, uh, let me call you back in about a week. You know, I'll be able to talk and um, just interesting questions and directions. And, uh, you know, I think he's looking to figure out how to uh, reinvent the company a little bit. And I wish him the best of success. I mean, he's definitely a legacy guy in this industry. And uh, I'll be interested to watch that show. You know, I appreciate yeah. you know you know what's interesting too is there's been you know really the last four years since Terrence left and it's been kind of quieter at Casada and there's a lot of new smokers who've come in in four years and may not know who, the story behind Manuel who's a, you know he's a scar Hall of Famer this guy there's a big family history here so um, you know there's a lot of questions you know why sell Fonseca as well you know so I, I think I, I'm really looking forward to this interview uh, with him yeah. on Thursday should be interesting yeah. Kudos. Kudos to you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, there you have it. Scoop with Coop. Uh, for all your information, check them out at cigar-coop.com. And uh, now, uh, after a two-week hiatus, 
uh, from the boys here. We need to see where they're at with their top 10 list coming up with Tales of the Tape coming up. All right, so Tale of the Tape, we're finally back. Coming in at number four for me, I believe Coop's number seven pick, Willie Pep, the godfather of footwork, probably the uh, most skilled defensive fighter of all time. Uh, this is a guy who actually won a round of boxing without throwing a punch. And, um, you know, one of the other things about Willie Pep, he, he really fought a, like, ridiculous amount of fights in an era when guys were fighting, you know, 150 fights. You know, that was their career. Willie Pep went 229 and 11. Um, he was really the epitome of hit and don't get hit and uh, inspired a lot of the footwork-based boxers that you see today. Go ahead, Coop. So my number four, I believe, was on your top ten. I know it was on your top ten. It was Joe Lewis. five, yeah. Uh, yep, Joe Lewis, uh, you know, he look, the man made 25 consecutive title defenses. Some of the argument was that, all right, the quality of the competition, at least in those early defenses, wasn't a good book. You make 25 title uh, defenses, I don't care, because boxers have bad nights, and, and we've seen it happen over the years. Uh, he had some very, very difficult uh, fights later in that run, you know, the Jersey Joe Wilcox, the Billy Kahn's. Um, you know, he lost that fight trying to come back uh, as Ezra Charles. Um, but, you know, at that point, he had nothing more to prove. And, of course, you know, he lost the, and closed out his career against Rocky Marciano. But uh, just one of the greats, the Brown Bomber. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Even, you know, a loss, a guy like Ezra Charles can just as easily slip onto this list as not as well. So it's not like he some big fights. Yeah, Ezra Charles won some big fights. Um, so, um, you know, it's interesting. You got that. You got that slot right so far, Alex. You would get all right. Yeah. So, so I I made a prediction of of Coop's top four, which I'm not going to give here. Right. But uh, I also believe I made another prediction, and I believe our three, two, one is going to be exactly the same. We'll see. We'll see. I I, I think they're going to be. And you know what? I'm going to put out. I'm going to. I don't know what I'm going to give away, but I'll give something away for you guys watching. If anybody can pick either Coop or my top three in order. I'll figure out some kind of prize to give you. But you have to mention it in this comment here on this show. You can't do it next week. Right. Okay, so just to be clear, they, they can get either one of yours right. You I firmly believe it's ours is going to be the same, but the yeah. first person to get either one of ours right. Okay. It has to be three in order. And they got to post it in this one here. Yeah, they can't. Yeah. After yeah, the next well, week, they can't. <laughs> I know one, you got to put number one, number two, and number three, guys. I'll just put the three names. You got to oh, you got to wow. rank them. Right. You know, I, you know, Coop had brought up, and it reminded me of the of the scene from Coming to America. It's like every time someone talks about boxing, a white guy got to bring up Rocky Marciano. Rocky Marciano. <laughs> Rock, and he's like, fuck Rocky Marciano. <laughs> was Rocky Marciano? Rocky Marciano wasn't on your list. Coop was he? No, no, he wasn't. No, he just, my, just brought wasn't up on the mine name. either. No, it just yeah. occurred to me that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I think our, our list, after all this back and forth and guys mixed in between, I think our three are going to land exactly the same. Yeah, we've had a lot of overlap already, so yeah. there's a few that we were off on. But, yeah, we, we've actually been thinking the same way on this. Uh, I'm curious. I'm curious. At least the top two I think we're going to nail. So It, it has to we be. we got some three. predictions coming in. Wait, pull, pull up that, pull up that uh, list again, Paul. I want to look at because I want to see how many of them. I, I, was, I counted at least four. So you got – Joe Lewis, Roberto Duran, Jack Johnson, Cesar Chavez. So I think four out of your 
seven picks, unless I'm missing anybody, are are both the same guys. Same guys made yeah. out of your top seven picks, looks like, so far. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. really interested. These so, answers are very if, interesting, Alex. If, if, you're, if, you're, <laughs> if, if your theory stands correct, Alex, Sugar Ray doesn't make your list at all. Say it again. If what your if your theory stands correct that you and Paul both will have the same one, two, and three, Sugar Ray didn't make your top ten at all. That's correct. Interesting. Okay. That's correct. All right. Sugar Ray Leonard, we're talking about, right? Yeah, Sugar Ray Leonard. Sugar yeah. Ray Leonard, we're talking about. Yeah. Teaser, yeah. teaser. That was a teaser. Yeah, Sugar Ray Leonard does not so, make my top ten. So uh, yeah, we're only a few weeks away to see uh, who uh, who is the number one on both your lists. All right. No, but- Nobody's even close, by the way. You got to dig a little deeper, guys. Nobody's even close. Oh God, really? Oh, yeah, no, I would never get it. What? What, what is? <laughs> what is the? What are these guys talking about? Quentin with some announcement I'm supposed to make. Yeah, I was uh, wondering that too. I, I didn't yeah, understand that. I don't understand it. Quentin. Quentin thinks that you have the scoop on Casey Aldemani's new job. Ah, uh, yeah, that's what it is. Aldelami. Why? No, why would that be? Aldemani. Why would that be? No offense. Why? Why Listen, would that be news? Unless he's got like a national. Yeah. It's Eric Guttermerson and it's Casey Aldemani. Yeah. Okay. That's Sorry. the way it's gonna be. I, I love Casey, but I don't see how he's newsworthy. If he's newsworthy <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I would have a press release, right? If it's newsworthy, I don't have a press I release. I honestly thought he was working at Benjamin Moore Paints, but apparently that was a joke. So no, I, I, thought, I, thought I thought he's like retired. Cool. I thought he was like retired, living on the, like like living the good life. Actually, so Casey Casey came to Florida to semi-retire. Yeah. Uh, then um, got a couple job offers. We're supposed to start right before COVID. And COVID hit, and it kind of all fell apart. And, um, yeah, and supposedly he started works recently, so. Yeah. And and Quinn Quinn is obsessed with what he's doing. Yeah, he really is. I mean, on every every post. I I guess, man, I guess Jesse Flores not not coming, going to Mabacho is not good enough. I mean, I don't know what else I I could do this week. I mean, yeah, I mean. That's well, Coop, I appreciated it, Coop. So thank you for the scoop with Coop. Visit cigarhyphencoop.com for all the latest cigar news and reviews. Coop, we will chat with you next week, sir. Sounds good. All right. All right. Thanks, buddy. In a traditional fashion, we are going to close out our KMA show with the Cigar Insane Asylum. Welcome to the Cigar Asylum. Did you know I'm utterly insane? We all go a little mad sometimes. Where logic and reason cease to exist. All right, everybody. This week's Cigar Insane Asylum literally lived every remote worker's worst nightmare. A Canadian parliament member was caught in a compromising position in a virtual meeting of the House of Commons. William Amos, who has represented the Quebec district of Pontiac since 2015, appeared on the screens of his fellow lawmakers completely naked Wednesday. Really? There you have it. There he is. (laughs) All right. The (laughs) many Canadian lawmakers are participating in sessions via video conference instead of in person. Has he got a cigar in his mouth? I was just going to say that. Uh, yeah. I, I think he does. 
Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think so. I think it's something behind him. But well, I'm saying that he does, he does and yeah. good for him. Oh, we're going with he's doing good for him. I, I don't find anything wrong with that at all. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Kevin's normal day. Yeah, I mean, you just got to make sure you don't ash on your own cock. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. yeah. That's why he's got the phone covering it. Right. Yeah. Uh, a screenshot obtained by the Canadian press shows Amos standing behind a desk between the Quebec and Canadian flags. His private parts hidden hidden by what appears to be a mobile phone in one hand. This was an unfortunate error, Amos said in a statement by email. My video was accidentally turned on as I was changing into my work clothes after going for a jog. I sincerely apologize to my colleagues in the House of Commons for this unintentional distraction. Obviously, it was an honest mistake, and it will not happen again. According to Claude de Bofure, a legislator for the opposition raised the incident in a point of order, suggesting that parliamentary decorum requires male parliament members to wear a jacket and tie and shirt and underwear and trousers. <laughs> Amos was visible only to parliament members and staffers on an internal video conference feed. Because he was not speaking, his image did not show up on the public feed, luckily for him. Though it did, yeah. it, it did make it to the public feed. <laughs> well, now, <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, Mr. Amos. You are this week's inductee into the Cigar Insane Asylum. There I've you. Been, I've been, I've been close to doing that accidentally in this remote world. Well, God knows there were tons of videos last year of kids being homeschooled and mothers walking oh, in the background yeah. naked and whatnot. I mean, listen to me. I'm telling you. When my kids were doing that homeschooling, you got to think about this. I had four kids spread out through the house with laptops and mics and cameras on. Everywhere, I was right? walking through my house like like there was landmines everywhere. <laughs> Careful of what I wore, what I said, what I did. I mean, literally, it was like crazy. Because I could totally be guilty of saying something not right for a class. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Young children. <laughs> not appropriate. Not appropriate. Well, listen. Everyone, thanks for joining us this week on KMA Talk Radio. We hope we uh, entertained a few hours of your Saturday morning. Do we have a show next week, Paul? I didn't see anybody on the sheet. Well, you never replied to me this week when we discussed that. I'm uh, pretty sure I did. Because I, because I have a wedding. How many weddings can you possibly go to? It's, yeah, I mean, look, Coop, look at Coop. Look at Coop. He's dying. Look, another he's dying. wedding? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's, 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 it's my like, sister-in-law's wedding, and I had it noted. Wait a second, isn't she married already? Yeah, she, wait she is technically married, yes. And we did go to that ceremony, but this is the ceremony. Didn't we not have a show for one of her weddings already? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you only, you only get one. You only get one. Yeah. But, wait, multiple weddings? Like, what is Don't the, get the, me started. One was like a private ceremony, is it? and this is like the big ceremony for the whole family. I'm just telling you right now, you're not taking. Off. If I told you the you're other details in it, you would. You would... <laughs> well, oh, listen. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, if this if this marriage doesn't work out for her, we're not going to the the next wedding because we already oh, did two. So. I'll, take take I'll, take I'll take that, that bet. I'll take that bet. I'll take that bet too. Yeah, I'll take that bet right now. I've never seen a guy that loves weddings as much as Paul loves. Uh, is there another bachelor party? Like I another, don't uh, love uh, them. I just it, you know it's family. <laughs> say no. Week. Just say no. Do you have to travel for this wedding? Georgia. Yep. Yeah, we have to go dragging, up. Uh, you guys are dragging all the kids and the dogs to Georgia. 
not the dogs. I have I have dog sitters that normally watch the dogs, so they they will be here for that. Wow. Unless you're unless you're offering. No, because you didn't trust me to come in your house. Oh, it's uh, not that he didn't I, trust you. I just oh yeah, you didn't remember that? that. He's like, I needed somebody to walk. I said, why did you tell me? Uh, yeah, I thought about that, and then I saw you like creeping into our cabinets and our drawer. I'm like, what? <laughs> I think, all right, dude. All right, dude. Don't ever. No, he me. might find something Don't incriminating. Ever call and take me a dog walk your dogs ever. Looking into your cabinets. That's so. But you want to know who thinks of that shit? The people that would do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's who thinks of that shit because that's the crap Paul would do. Yeah. Paul would want to know what bra sizes some yeah. girl would be in. Where no, would be in. stop it. No, I've no, I would just mess with like life. little. I like I'd mess with his toothpaste. So like my, like, like like inject hot sauce in his toothpaste. Uh, you know, see, so you would never see that coming. You know, uh, yeah, I'd mess with little things. So my wonder is like, what 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 is the fear? Like, what are you? Would you be afraid of him finding like a leather Mickey Mouse suit or yeah, something? Or yeah. like, what is it that you're like? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Listen, there's nothing really, but I don't know. Like, I don't know. Paul, uh, you, know, you want to mix business right. and I don't know. Uh, it was just weird. I don't know. There you have it, folks. It looks like we'll be having a best of next week. Back to full force after that. Everyone have a great weekend, and we'll keep it lit.